Welcome to Whom, an Australian podcast focused on bringing creative names to light. At Whom, we ask the real questions. That would inform what question you would ask everyone, right? I was just thinking, like, do you like cheese? (laughs) We also make sure we touch on the real issues. Get away with anything if you've got enough money, enough rock. Yeah, what's currency to them? How many hairs you got in your mane? More hairs in my mane. (laughs) But one thing's for sure. Our guests promise to open up and tell you stories all about themselves that will send you on an emotional roller coaster. From running a creative school to performing in their first major two-person show, our guests today are nothing short of amazing. Introducing Will and Katie Toft. Without further ado, here's your hosts, Ben, Siobhan and Ben. Honestly, it was because... Uh, I, I think we were like, <laughs> well, well, we're, we're not, not funny. We're not... Yes, we're scary. We're not scary. We're not inspiring. And we're not that inspiring, so I guess I'll take this. We're, we're challenging. I'll stop it, you two. So, no, I... I was going to say, Katie, you're particularly inspiring to me. Just yeah. Maybe we should have ticked Aww. that one. <laughs> no, Honestly, um, some of the stuff like that I'd seen you in and some of the stuff we did together, mm. I just was like... Well, let's talk about that then. We can talk about that. We'll, we'll do that. I feel um, like I've probably blocked them out, so that's good you have memories. <laughs> oh, no. I'll ask about that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think the, the main thing we try and do is find some stories or gems that, I guess, help listeners to kind of know what it's like in the industry, whether it's a positive or a negative or in between. Um, and, yeah, being able to actually help because a lot of the people we have listening are other creatives. Creatives, and that, I guess that's your audience. And they learn from all of us. Yep. Facets. Yeah. Sweet. Cool. I don't know how the intro stuff works. Well, you got to do it, so. Oh. Okay. <laughs> how, does it, how does it work? We don't have an intro. That's why we pay well, a guy. Well, this is why. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, this I'm is, here. This no, is later audition. Like, do I need to do a, like a lead-in? What do you normally do? Whatever you want to do. We don't need a lead-in because we pay a guy for a lead. We've <laughs> already true, got that's that. True. Okay. Yeah. So we just start. We're not, we're not wasting our time. Like we're, we pay like a guy. I've listened or been president any <laughs> of these. I have. It's like she doesn't listen at all. I like that you're like quiet for a lot of them, and then occasionally you'll pop in with like half words. Like Siobhan's there in the corner. Oh, that'd be like a manic <laughs> in the background. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you just hear random laughing in the background. Yeah, yeah that's why somewhere. he's on. Got me on now to start actually. You can hear Yeah, me. you cost me $20 to add your name to the <laughs> intro. <laughs> 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 and you're in the jingle, so you have to stay now. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're in our compilation of jingles. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, yeah, so the intro get happens with a voiceover. So if you've got a particular thing you want me to put in there. You don't have to treat it for the audition or something. I don't know. <laughs> you can put it there if you want and then be like, See so how this we is go. what we did. Um, and then, yeah, we basically just talk and just we I just start the recording when I think a good piece of content starts yep. and that's when the podcast will start cool so <laughs> and you edit and stuff anyway yeah like it's all kid. it's all post edited yeah so if you talk about something and then say no okay. like yeah <laughs> cut that then we'll We'll look into cutting it. Yeah, cool. We should be fine. <laughs> we'll look into it. We might. We might get rid of it. We uploaded one a few weeks ago by mistake without their cuts, and there was a few things in yeah. there. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was a few things. Siobhan's like, "You've got to cut that." I'm like, "No, no, 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 no." no. Uh, did you hear the one, Sean Smith? 
I don't think no. we know. That's going to, yeah, that'll get she's you on a, edge. She's a comedian um, who's done really, really well, but she's um, a domestic abusive survivor. Oh, wow. wow. And during the middle of that, she got addicted to drugs and became a prostitute. What an episode. And How did we miss she, that but one? But she's, she's <laughs> a graduated actor. Wow. So, like, her, yeah, I there were segments in there. I'm like, you can't put that on. He's like, you have to to see mm. the journey let's someone put the, put the But put for it me, in it there. was like... That's heavy and crazy. Wow. wow. If yeah. you listen to that one, maybe drink some wine. Drink, drink. Okay. It's, yeah, don't have kids around. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right. <laughs> well, you've got a sheet, so you know what's okay. going on. Uh, okay. this, this is my first time meeting you two, so it's been... Yeah. Thank you for driving up. I mean, I assume you're up here for rehearsals. You're not just driving from Byron. Well, we would have come up anyway. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, we do have a rehearsal today as well. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Well, should we launch straight into that? Yeah, I guess what are the rehearsals for? Constellations. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a play by Nick Payne, and it's going to be on at the Planetarium. In uh, the Sky Dome. In the, yes, with the Sky Dome, which will be very exciting. Uh, we, The director, Harrison Allen, who's also the producer, we were going to do a project with him last year and then, or for the past couple of years, and then COVID and things continued to happen, and then this is what's come up now. So we've got six weeks into run it in November. Cool. Um, Constellations. It's... it's uh, Love story. <laughs> it's they always talk about parallel universes. It repeats itself. Okay. So you meet these two characters. It's a two-hander. Um, you meet these two characters at a park, and it's just them, like their first meeting, and then it happens again, and something different happens, and it happens again, and then something different happens, and then it does that through all these like highlights of their life, like Groundhog Day. Type thing? Yes. Yeah. 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 Very yeah. similar. Um, and then yeah, it's it's funny. It's crazy. It's cool. Are the repetitive is the thing that we've seen in a lot of <laughs> other reviews of the show because I mean, you can't do the same scene multiple times and it not be repetitive. Um, but we're having a lot of fun with showing. Trying to make it not so yeah. repetitive. Yeah, making it different, making it fun. It's it's a lot of fun. It's How does it work with iteration? Because I think I was going to say the same thing from a viewer standpoint mm. to be able to keep the interest. Like is it is there bold moments that changed up we are doing without that. revealing yes. too much yeah. sometimes <laughs> sometimes yeah i think um the way sometimes the script is totally different where it will change and you're like okay it's the same scene like they're meeting each other but they're saying different things yeah and other times it's word for word almost identical um and it's very much left up to the director and some of the stage directions very minimal stage directions really to decide what you want to do with it. And that's what we've had a lot of fun with Harrison doing. Um, he's very great for coming up with that. I think I'm a very conservative actor. I kind of do what's on the page and do what I'm told and then uh, don't take crazy big choices. But it's been a lot of fun to push with him. Mm. You go, how do we do this different? We've got, it's one one act. Yeah, yeah. No, inter- no intermission, just straight through. Um, and find those big moments yep. and then other times like the total opposite like it's like balancing the engagement so people are curious about what's happening but keeping that curiosity even though it's happening so again yeah. like you're like it's I, I think it's fascinating because there's parts where you'll see the scene once you're like oh this is new i haven't seen this before and then it'll get to it again you're like okay well i kind of know what's coming but it's different like yeah. you just there's a new hook for it each time which is really yeah really exciting cool um which will be fun that's good to know Break for a sec because Fuss is trapped. Where is he? I don't think you can hear him. Yeah. yeah, I can hear him. Help! Oh, is he in the bedroom? Uh, he's a sook. He's, so he's not, yeah, I didn't think he was in the bedroom. He just, he wants to go in the bedroom. <laughs> what do you want? 
He probably caught a toy. And he needs. He won't bring it to you. He just wants you to know he caught a toy. He <laughs> caught it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> just wants to share. I thought he was hurt. Yes. Oh. Mm. Cool bananas. <laughs> okay, so that's our obstacle. This is fine. Bananas. Cool bananas. Yeah. So I guess what got you into creative industry? Like when did that begin? Was it one of you that got the other one in? Ooh. And then probably like yeah. So you just started living their dream, and then you're like, no, I like this. I feel like we've sort of fluctuated. Like I'll be more in creative, and we won't be, and then we'll sort of flip the other way. I feel like you started it. Well, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, yeah. I can't say I was not creative before we met. We met in the school choir. So Cute. that's, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, no, yeah, yeah, no. We met at school and the choir, most of the choir. Um, but definitely, because I think after school, I didn't sing for a year. Like we'd done, I did music session and singing all that and then didn't sing at all. And I think during that time, you actually picked up theatre first. I did, yeah. I did The Wizard of Oz. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds kind of cool. And then I came back into doing theatre in second year uni, doing business. Um, and then from there, kind of re-brought you back in. Be like, hey, come do this cool thing that's kind of fun that we're doing again. So I, I guess it depends what you mean by creative. Because I think, like, on the music side, I've always been musical. But definitely, I think you kind of pushed me into, or pulled me into theatre a little bit. Pushed. Push-pull. Mom was like, hey, come on, look at this audition for this. I was like, oh, yeah, that's a chance to sing. And it was just after, I think, you'd done... Um. Yeah. Did you ever try to like get in the same show as her before you were? We got cast in the same show, and the director didn't know that we were dating, and then he found out and was like, "Hey, when was that? That was oh. that was Sleeping Beauty, the musical. <laughs> it was. It was. That was the second one. That was you. You were Sleeping Beauty. <laughs> no. He was the queen, though. He was the queen. At one I, point, yeah. yeah, that was my second kids theater show at Brisbane Arts Theater, um, which was Sleeping Beauty. And I was the king slash queen. I was I was the father of the princess and the mother of the princess. The prince. Prince, sorry. <laughs> yes. That's a lot. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. It was a lot of fun. So um, you were lead swing. <laughs> I was yeah, yes, yes. So that's and that yes, that was the first show we did together. Mm-hmm. And then Avenue Q at mm-hmm. Art Theatre. Yeah. Avenue Q, is that the puppet one? That yeah. is the puppet one. That's the first time I saw these two. That's the first time. You saw us in that. Mm-hmm. Which one? Didn't know it because I didn't know you, but didn't that was the first time I actually saw you two and then learned more about That's you. That's the first show you and took me to. In a non-creepy sense. Oh. Yeah. But yeah, Avenue Q was, I don't know which one it was, but it was uh, one of the Brisbane art ones. Yeah, Katie's done three of them. Three. I've done two. Yep. You did the tour. What's um, it like being behind a puppet? Is it is it an advantage, do you think? I I like it, but I'm I'm kind of an introvert, so that was nice to be able to be like, not me. I loved it because it was my first main house. Like I hadn't done, I'd done bits of theatre, um, and I just got to focus on the voice. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't have to worry about what I looked like, really. Yeah. Um, which was really cool, and I think with all the accents and the voices and the character acting and stuff was very different. So I think having that puppet is this kind of like safety blanket. It's like it's between me. Like yes, they can see me. It's also um, like a whole nother skill 
mm. to learn. I was going to say that because was it difficult to time the mouth and like at, when you I, talk really fast, can you move your hand? Like, like, like you, at first I remember because when people do it like naturally, a lot of people close as you say, as the you word. say the word and you had to like <laughs> learn to do you the opposite. Do the, so oh. that, <laughs> that was kind of a, that was a huge, we had like, we had a, a bunch of puppeteers come in and show us oh, and really? talk to us about it. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Some of the cast were as well. And had done the show before. So it's like, this is how you do that. And this is how you make it feel normal. And there was a lot of practice. Like you took the puppet home. It was like sat in front of a mirror. I was like, okay, <laughs> how do I do this? Um, did you tour with them, Katie, when they toured? I did, yeah. 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 So I was Bad Idea Bear and Kate Understudy, I think. You didn't do Lucy then? That was No, the I didn't. That time. Yeah. So I did. Mm-hmm. I was Ensemble and Bad Idea Bear and then I was Bad Idea Bear Understudy and then I was Kate Lucy. So there was one show where I think I did Bear and Kate mm-hmm. and that was just a, are we left swear? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's an adult show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Particularly because if you Were you going to say like it was a shit time? <laughs> no, it was like a mind fuck to do oh, like yeah. the two at once. Particularly when you look at like the back ends of doing a show, like where you have to run to get to your next entry. Like you learn one role, but when you've got a second one to yeah. stitch that in. Yeah. I feel like I I've occasionally that, still so. have like, you know, like those nightmares where you just like are in a show and my brain is like, you know this. And then it's like, no, no, I don't. Which, no. Which, which role do you want which me to role? do? <laughs> like, I think I had a nightmare where I was Brian. And obviously, I'd never played Brian, but it was just like, this will be fine. Yeah. Those mm. two seconds right before you go on stage and you cannot remember anything you're supposed yeah. to say, but then somehow you get through it and go, you know, the unconscious memory that you have of your lines, you can't even recall it, but it happens. Yeah. That's cool. When <laughs> it goes right, yes. yes. That's true, yes, when it goes right. Usually right. I just, I'd be confused. I'd be like, if you, especially if you're doing multiple different puppets, like, what if if you bring the wrong puppet out? Like, because well, it was because they're on stage at the same time, so like someone else would be moving the mouth, but you'd do the voice. Yeah, 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 yeah. wow, yeah. that's that's <laughs> difficult. Multi-layered puppetry. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was great. How do you um how do you deal with being introverted when it comes to performing? Then I mean, a deep dive for you. Um, <laughs> what a good question. Sometimes I don't perform. <laughs> um, it happens to the best of us. Um, like, Yeah, or like, like I prefer sometimes singing with a guitar or acting with a puppet. Um, yeah, or, yeah, I don't know. I think this is very much where, back to that first question, like who pulled who into creative? It's like definitely me into theatre. Katie wouldn't have done as much of it without me. Um before us to play, hey, go do this. Hey, go jump on a stage and audition and try this thing because I'm enjoying it. It's like, sure. Maybe. <laughs> do you find, I know for me, when it came to anxiety, stepping into a person or a character, even though it is you in that person's, you know, you're physically mm. there, you can sort of put that up as a mask for yourself? Yeah, like probably a little bit. Like I found when we did We Will Rock You, just like the accent and the sarcasm and all the comedy helped because that Which was probably you were familiar with as well like in not in the sense of like you've done it before but it was something that that style of show and comedy yeah. is something that you're like yes where yes. if i'm like hey let's watch this emotional drama she's like nah we're watching <laughs> this other rom-com or which we've watched a lot of recently um, <laughs> or what no i'm just pleased that we've Brooklyn. watched so many recently <laughs> yeah so i i think that helps particularly when you jumping into roles. It's like, mm. whatever you're comfortable doing, if you can get cast in something like that, which is good for that. 
What, what's your go-to rom-com? Do you know The Killers? Killers? Is in the band? No, oh, no. As, <laughs> as in the movie. Yes, yes. It's like tragically terrible, but I love it. Is that Jim Carrey? No, no it's, it's... It's... Jennifer Aniston? Ashton Kutcher and... Oh, yeah. I'm aware Catherine... Heigl. Yep. Like, it's, yeah. it's like, so bad, but uh, it's great. I love it. I was it. getting that confused with the Jim Carrey... Is it Jennifer Aniston when they start robbing things when they go broke? Oh. It's oh. like... Oh, from with, Dick and Jane. Yeah, from yeah. Dick and Jane. Like, yeah. the, the kind of same concept. <laughs> so cool, same, yeah, same vibe. Catherine Heigl's a good performer, though. Mm. Yeah, that's... Aston Kutcher has been in some shocking rom-coms. Oh, so terrible. He can, yeah, he can't act. He Let's be real. He's, I love got him. The comedy. <laughs> he's got that really awkward comedy, yeah. which yeah. I think is why the rom-com thing is the avenue which they've is, taken. Yeah. Mm. He's like the awkward, lanky, you know. Well, I remember when he got onto Two and a Half Men. I was like, what? I was about to say that, yeah. we, again, probably not appropriate for how old we were, but we watched that religiously as Charlie Sheen was great. He was great. He is great. Wild. Who cares if, was, if he's a drug addict? He was addict. great until like, he wasn't. It was well, yes. Well, that's the yeah. thing. Like by that point, he wasn't watching. But yeah, Ashton <laughs> Kutcher's on that. That's right. As actor, I had another leading question before. So, whenever I've seen you perform, you've always paid quite powerhouse characters who have got some pretty big belts. You know, that's the thing I identify with you personally as, as oh, an audience good. member. <laughs> um, but quite powerful, strong, mm. like very sexual in, in like their knowledge, sexual in their knowledge. <laughs> it's What's accurate. Sensual, I, think, I, think, I think it's more sexuality. They're very confident in themselves, their yeah. sexuality, like all of that. Is that, so as far as like performing, because I know that you've noted you're doing a bit more gigging and things. Mm. Are you happiest in a more melody guitar chilling out or are you happiest in those big things? Probably in those big things, to be honest. Um, like I like my chill out music, but in terms of like, again, like back to the introvertedness, I find it easier I f- maybe to like to go to an extreme. Like either I'm introverted and I like sit in my little corner and send my emails or I'm going to be like fucking powerhouse, like one of those and nothing in the and middle. In the <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Huh, that is kind of a pattern. Yeah. <laughs> We're <laughs> all identifying. We're yeah. learning things about ourselves. <laughs> um, and you will. So um, as far as I've seen you, I've seen you in some big leads as well. So mm. what's been happening for you lately? No theatre. Mm-hmm. Since COVID, I think the last thing I did was Pillow Man. No, you did Pirates. I did do Pirates. Mm. That's right. I did Pirates of Penzance. Um, Pank Frederick. Yeah, uh, not a lot of theatre. I, I did a lot for what felt like a long time, like five, five or six years, just kind of back to back to back because it was fun and I enjoyed it. And then I got to play, I was like, okay, I want to play more with the music because I always wanted to do music and composition, writing, producing. Um, and that's kind of where I've fallen into more so now. But Constellations is the first thing since, what, what was it last year with Pirates? That feels like forever ago. Man, yeah. Okay, so I did Pirates last year. Um, Yep. Mm. Mm. And you come from, well, you, you have quite a musical family, don't you? Brothers, yes. Parents, no. Uh, me and my brothers all sing and play piano and guitar to varying degrees, and we all write, and we all now produce. Um, and Lockie, I dragged into some shows because they were looking <laughs> for men. Like, he got into Boy I think Lockie's paid, played two princes, maybe? Oh, yeah, he's played, yes. Simply because it was like, hey, they need someone. There was a show I was music directing. It was like, hey, your brother sings. It's like, yeah, look, you can be like, sure, why not? Um, but Mitch won't have any of it. <laughs> he was like, hey, do you want to come to a show? He's like, nah. <laughs> um, 
He's more behind the scenes. He's at the moment uh, very much music production heavy. Of the three of us, he's like the one who's deep in it. Yeah. Um, creating and writing and yeah, mixing, mastering, just kind of all of it, mm-hmm. just getting his head around it. Cool. Yeah. What would you say is one of your biggest challenges so far? We'll start with UK. What would's what, what like in life? I guess within the creative arts industry. What has been? Has, has there been a time where you've really thought about just leaving it all behind? <laughs> now, currently, <laughs> 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 I thought we'll laugh. I was like, oh. <laughs> like we did just like uproot our life and move to Byron. Um, oh. I know they've been like lots of different challenges, but well, let's touch on those. <laughs> Let's talk about all of those. Um, Every single challenge. Doing roles, auditions, getting work. I think for me, it's definitely, we both did business. Mm-hmm. I nearly went to the con to do classical singing and then like nearly, and then I saw a performance and nothing against them. They sounded amazing, but it didn't look right. It was just like, oh, there's some part of the magic. And it was like, oh, the, the acting side, the theater. Um, so I decided to do business. <laughs> um but so that's I, been to your advantage. Yes, yeah, yeah, I, I can say that 100%. Um, and when I went into it, part of my brain was like, yes, startups and entrepreneurship and all, whatever that looks like. But also the business for like music and the arts and things. Uh, and then coming out of that going, to make a living and a career out of the arts is very different to how having not gone to a college, I see other people come out and expect certain mm-hmm. things where it's like, oh, I'm just gonna, trying to get an agent. It's like, you need, there's so many other things you need to do. Like, and I'm sure they're aware of like the, the um, uh, resumes and reels and things like that. And yes, get the agent, but Australia doesn't have, I think uh, the setup to sustain the creatives in that space. Mm. Um, I think one of the things for me was like, there was a, a particular institution I was talking to someone and it was like, they very specifically trained for ensemble, ensemble roles. Um, because those are the jobs. There are only so many lead roles in musical theatre. So to actually have a consistent career, you need to be able to do those roles consistently, which is an incredible skill. And at the moment, we're talking about swings a lot and how they keep theatre going because we need them and they've just been this unsung hero for so long. Thank you, Hugh Jackman. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, But I think to have a career in the arts, particularly looking at a theatre side, for us, when we started teaching or talking to people, it's like, it's just, it's very very difficult and mm. people don't understand it's like yes go do it pursue your dream do that it's like 100 percent. please go sing and like mm. we still do that um but do, do you have a hundred thousand dollars in the bank to to keep you alive well, that's that's kind of it because <laughs> um and again the mental health with the arts by itself has been a huge thing like i and just the expectation that that's entirely like possible and if you work hard enough it'll happen it's like yeah but like you look at some of the most successful performers like we went and saw heathers when it was in brisbane with mm. jazz flowers mm. in it like Jazz Flowers runs a training academy in Victoria and as she, well. And like, she's amazing. She was incredible. Like that show was fantastic. I took my brothers the next day. Like, hey, come see this again. It was so <laughs> good. Um, she still has a backup. She had yeah. something else. Like that's what she's doing when she's not performing. And I don't think people realize that. Um, Which then affects, I think, mental health. the mental health people. Because they're like, oh, I'm failing. It's like, no, you're like playing a game that's near impossible to win. Yeah. <laughs> Particularly like even the idea of if you're teaching it's because you failed to make it work. Like I, I had that idea in my head for so long just because I heard it through someone until a, a friend of mine was like, 
you should try teaching because we were talking about acting. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll do that. And I loved it. Like, it was so much fun. Mm. Um, it's just like a whole different way to provide value. And it's more than just the skill and talent of here's how you use your voice or you dance or whatever it is you teach. But if you impart the skills of life and learning and yeah. how to move through failure, yeah. you're actually imparting more than a lot of teachers with curriculum understanding. Yeah. Do. I think that's our challenge. I don't know if you resonate with that as strongly as I mean, we kind of do. <laughs> We've been together for so long. <laughs> Our challenges are the same. It's really interesting too, because where I graduated, there was a few career classes that we did towards mm -hmm. the conclusion of the, the degree. And that was about how to sustain yourself in the industry. But it was largely about how to do your own tax returns as a performer that's good that is good but then it was about like you mentioned show reels you know keeping yourself mm. relevant but then there was this whole thing about but make sure that you eat well you exercise well and you look after your health okay what does that look like mm. if you're only making a hundred dollars a week as a performer mm. how do you sustain that without two dollar yeah. two minute noodles and yeah. you know whatever you can find and their resolution for that was oh well you'll figure it out get a part-time job but the reality is most people who start in a part-time job, most of them will end up in a full-time role yeah. into, in something that may be the opposite direction to their creative industries. So mm. being able to keep that voice in the back of your head to pursue something is, yeah. is definitely a challenge. Mm, mm. Yeah. I think just even on that, Larry Moss was talking about like if you're pursuing acting, you need to treat it like a full-time job. Like you work on monologues every day, you look at scenes, you break things down, you stay relevant and keep training. And you can't do that with when you're working full time. Like there's, there's this real disconnect between what it is to be a working performer and then how it feels like to fail. Because I think, I think for me is I've been very fortunate to do a lot of really, really good roles in a community setting. Like they're not, they weren't paid. Occasionally there was a bursary or something, um, which would pay for fuel maybe. But I think I've had one of the best runs in musical theatre and the arts because I haven't had to rely on it. I never thought to rely on it as a profession. Mm. Um, people be like, hey, you should go audition for this or do this professional thing. And I was like, no. And I'm probably maybe not as much a theater, musical theatre head as someone who wants to work and do this every single day. I don't need that so much. Um, but I think just because of that absence of stress or that expectation wasn't there really helped. Um, even just from like a mental health point of view, again, <laughs> like yeah. just the expectation that it's okay if I don't make a full-time living out of this because that's so hard to do um, and that it's okay to spend time doing other things and still do this because you love it and because it's fun and because it's it makes you feel things, not because you have to make full-time living out of it. Yeah, and I never looked at musical theatre as a hobby. You look at my career i say in <laughs> inverted commas like but it was really like i treated it like a profession like i'd work hard i'd want to do it as a profession i'm like i'm still looking at acting in the arts and doing that in that setting um but i think just because it wasn't in that professional grind and the expectation of finding the job and i think the big thing people don't understand is it's contract work you have a contract and then you're gone and i'm i'm fortunate that i had a role model or someone I could talk to. My cousin did um, was Nikki in Jersey Boys. He was like the only person in Australia who played that role every time they did Jersey Boys. Um, and I remember talking to him and he was like, yeah, go, go study. I went here, don't go there anymore because it's worse now. And I was like, okay, well that's 
interesting feedback, uh, <laughs> advice. And, and then it was talking to him. It's like, yeah, it's always contract work. Like I have this job and then I'm not sure what comes next. Mm. And that's so hard, particularly if you're not doing other skills that'll sustain the full time up on the other side. So I think that's the challenge that we, like the big philosophical matter, like one that we always see, particularly when we're teaching or we're just talking to other people or artists and like they expect that this is going to be the be all end all. It's like, we'll talk to you in two years. Like that's hard. There's performing arts classes um, or dance specifically that are called contract ready Mm. courses. So you do a six week course so that you remain accurate and contract ready. Mm. But some of them have been there for six months because they're contract ready. Yeah. But where's the contract? contract? And And there's nothing at all wrong with it. I think it's just... And I don't know, like, I have so many friends who've been through, like, like tertiary training who come out expecting that it, like, yeah. And it's like, you know, you come out and you're, like, you're ready to find an agent and you're ready to get... And then it's like... And it, it's not that they're not good enough and it's not that they've failed. It's just that there's, like, a supply and demand issue. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you, economics. <laughs> <laughs> yes. that, that, that was the thing. Like, like, if you look at the population of the world, and this is what I talk about to students a lot when they, they bring up, like, i want to do this it's like okay i'm going to tell you something what population of the world there are like two streets where we do it west end and broadway that's it everywhere right and then there's like the touring companies in the rest of the world but that's where everyone in the world goes to do this professionally and everyone is competing in that sphere for that and you know how many broke actors there are in both places trying to make their mark but that's because that's where the supply and demand is we don't have the demand for more musical theatre performers or art. And that's not to say that the stories aren't relevant and good. Like, we still need that. Like, I love Hamilton just like the next person, but we don't have the work for them to do that. So I think... But then there's, like, all these other creative things that you can do Mm. in the meantime, or not even in the meantime, just in general. Mm. Like, we're we're very, like, interested, again, the the business side, but it's, like, producing your own stuff. Like, that's that's exciting um, because you have control over that. And we were talking about marketing before for your background. Um, it's just, it gives you more control over what you're doing. And the absence of control you give to auditions and casting directors and everything is just so hard if you're not doing the other side. And if you look at the ones who succeeded, apart from like the lucky ones who trained really hard or whatever, they worked really hard and they made their own stuff um, to make that happen. So, And I think when you, when you are a creative, that voice in your head, it never goes. No. You can try some people successfully are able to squish it down mm-hmm. and kudos to them because, you know, some of us can never squish it. So like you said, Katie, you find an avenue mm. in which you can still use those things, but it may not be the vision you had. Yeah, I think probably back to answer your very original question. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably That's the challenge. Yeah, <laughs> because like I found especially like because obviously we're together and – like, to, you know, like I'm an accountant. So talking about like supply and demand, there are like less men in musical theatre than there are women. Uh, like uh, in uh, Brisbane, especially. 100%. That's um, the only reason I've been able to. I can sing, yeah, great. But I was a guy. Like, like that was. And that was very talented and beautiful. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I think like just the the pressure to like keep my confidence and self esteem and like to keep going when like say I go to an audition and. I'm so aware now, you know, logically, that there are a lot of things that are out of my control. Even, like, being on a few audition panels now, like, there are some people who come through who are phenomenally talented, and it's just like, oh, they didn't get cast because of this random reason that they have no control over that really has nothing to do with them. Or, like, 
their skills or how they look or how they sound or anything. That's just like, if you're not aware of that, then that's just like someone just like whacking you over the head with like a sad confidence stick. I feel like all actors as part of curriculum in school should be on an audition panel. Yeah, they have to. Because not only do the audition panel, they want the first person of the day to come in and tick the box because that's done. Yeah. Like, of course, you know, but like you said, we, I did an audition and it was literally because we didn't have a budget for a wig. We didn't, yeah, and like she wasn't so willing to dye her hair. Yeah. yeah, but she, the the person that was perfect for the role, it was that, and I was like, I told her honestly mm. because I'm like, look, don't go home yeah. and think you weren't good enough. It had nothing. Yeah, but it's it's amazing that that on a repetition for a decade. Yeah, but and, I f- and I find that's something that a lot of people, especially like going into some teaching, like a lot of people who are training to want to get into shows, just don't know, and they're like, oh, I didn't get it because. You know, I don't look right or I, um, I'm good, not good enough or my audition sucked or I sang out of tune. It's like, like maybe. Yeah. No, just, yeah. just dye your hair. So, yeah, so something I realise is even more and more, we talk to so many guests now and they're all in shows, they're all, but they're never, they're very rarely paid in Brisbane for shows. And... Our company has always made a stance where no matter how little profit share there is, we want to pay our actors. Mm. But seeing everyone, everyone who comes in who's in shows, it's no, we get paid in exposure. We get like there's almost uh, a like shock value when you say it's going to be paid. Yes, yeah. 100%. Uh, what yeah. really? Like, I was going to do this for free. Even if it's like, you know, our last show, they all get paid quite a bit, like quite a decent amount of money. And, and it like, they were just like, one of them came up to us and they was like, oh, if you're only paying us a hundred bucks, don't worry, put it towards something else. I'm like, mate, it's a bit it's a more than that. <laughs> like, but, so we must audition these people and they have no expectation, like they just think or automatically assume, oh, it's not paid. Yes. You know, we'll get paid in exposure. We'll figure it out one day. Like... And it, I find it astonishing from a business point when yeah. bigger businesses, I mean, we talked briefly in the mm. lift, but I won't mention that. But, <laughs> you know, you become it like you become quite good at a skill that's maybe secondary to performing arts, but you can provide that skill, you know, like accounting and business. Hey, will you come help us with this? Well, I just did a four-year degree and that comes with hex. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> not, not for free. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So how do you guys find that, like, as far as exposure versus payment? I mean, maybe not so much now, but back in the day? Katie? <laughs> um, I, like, I, I haven't done that much theatre. Like, I've done some theatre. Um, and I've, again, been paid, like, a little bursary or Constellations is paid, which is mm. very cool. Um, but but very, again, very rare. Very like. rare. And, like, also, <laughs> we're very aware that... Um, producer and director we're working with studying business like he's a business person um, yep. but anyway that's that's a point. side point <laughs> it's still um, it though, in a lot of ways yeah uh, what we'll was the question <laughs> <laughs> is it so is Constellation sort of your first decently paid role or have you had a few of I've, those I've done a, a short film this is where I actually met the director Harrison yeah. I did a short film it was a musical short film that was paid yeah right and yeah Right, like, yeah, and I, I was like, "What?" Where's like, the yeah? But I was paid per hour. It was like an actual equity standard of pay. Words, I was yeah. like, "This is insane." Like, where, yeah, where are you recouping the funds from a short film? They're not. But <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. I think your point about um, companies not paying actors—it's because they don't 
have the money to. Yeah. They're spending it elsewhere. It's it's this real balance between like proper community and then pro am productions. Like the standard can be there. Like yeah. Ipswich mm. for me is was amazing. The the theater is great. Mm. There's lighting and sound is incredible. It's a professional production without paying the actors, and that's mm. what we said. Like the orchestras that they get are people yeah. who've done the QPAC tours. When I did Wicked, that most of them had done the national tour, which is just like what and it was incredible that wasn't paid um and if you look at like the six shows or seven shows nine shows that they did like maybe they could have made it work to pay the actors as well but then you're in a different kettle of fish and how it works like it's it's and that's and like i was on the board of arts theater sort of throughout the period of time where they were because they sort of had a journey into pro-am and Mm. yeah out again um and it's like like I was treasurer, so I did the books, and it is really hard. Like like in terms of all the different things you need for a theatre company, like it's it is possible to run a professional theatre company, but it's I I don't disagree. I got to th- jump in. If you look at like the state companies, they're funded by government. Oh yeah, like yeah, that's, that's like true. that's yeah. Like, yes. I, I just people Absolutely. don't get it. That's like, a big distinction. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's so. And, and Brisbane Arts Theatre has no government backing at all. No. Like, mm-hmm. I love them with my soul, but they've never had that. They could never afford to pay actors. You look at Queensland Theatre, Queen, uh, Opera Australia, they have government backing. So that's the extent of, of the paid work that we have, and, and a lot of that's it. That's a like, good point. Well, like, yeah. I know there's a lot of, that's probably a, I don't know, topical it's thing. It's <laughs> so they don't have enough or they spend this much on a set and you're like, yeah. what? But I think the big one for me was there was a Queensland Theatre presentation one of the actors was talking about he had he was doing two shows back to back and he said i feel like a professional actor and i was like fuck me oh my god if this person who i've seen in a bunch of stuff now feels like he's doing because he's got two contracts back to back i'm bugged like this is the person i'm looking up to in brisbane for like queensland theater like this is and they do incredible stuff i was like there's no way to make this work here in that setting and like we've talked about moving and I've looked at the states and things. It's like it depends what you want to do and how much. And it got to the point where it's like, I don't want to do musical theater or theater that badly to move and do that. And I remember seeing a post years ago, someone was complaining about all the talent in Brisbane goes to other states. And it's like, that's why. Like we there Change is no it. work. <laughs> well, even mo- movies now, right? Like yeah. they're being filmed back here now. Mm. But they're bringing across anyone who went to the states to, but to make it. But also the same as some of the musicals. They yeah. bring like yeah. Uh, yeah. Aladdin did that. Like and you get one, maybe two ensemble that they need because of sickness or yeah. something, not because they. Yeah. And that's and that's your how a lot of people are trained. I can't. I don't know who you're talking about. Mm. I think I know who you're talking about. Um, <laughs> with the that often through sort of colleges, you're trained mostly to be ensemble. Yeah, because the leads are either cast because they're bankable or they're brought over from overseas or yeah and i think that's the thing that we're excited to play with now like we're doing we've we've performed enough together to know that we enjoy it yeah some people hate it particularly because we're married now Woo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah thanks um but that's what we want to do more of is like creating those things and like the bankability of people is just it's the same thing yeah. like, and and I, like and i remember being on an audition panel it was qu- quite a few years ago yeah. And there was someone who auditioned and they weren't necessarily the best at all. Like, like they, they were very good. Um, but there were a dozen other people there who were like, you would the same kick the shit out of this role. Yeah. But she got cast because she had like a big Instagram presence or she had this. So like, mm. yeah. And there's like so many other things and that go into it. And I think it. people don't understand. It's like, oh, they, they did this because like, and do you know why? It's because they're going to bring money to the production, which yeah. helps them pay for what everything else. What is marketable? Right? Like, and, that's, <laughs> and that's it. And I think just 
the arts, we place such a high value on the art, which we should <laughs> as artists, that we forget the stuff around it that supports it and keeps mm. it going in a commercial setting. Yeah. Um, I think that's an interesting mm. thing too. Like so much of the Brisbane workforce I know in creative industries, when COVID happened and there was a shift to the Gold Coast to the studios, every person I knew w- was being an extra on Elvis or they were an extra yeah. on an Aquaman mm. or... Um, we're like eight, rock, eight friends you know, in Elvis. Yeah. And um, he's like, look at me, that's the back of my head. <laughs> makeup designers, hair, you know, like anyone who has some kind of side hustle was doing work on the Gold Coast. And mm. I thought that was great because they weren't just saying, you know, th- they did have their lead cast from the States for the majority, mm. but they utilized Brisbane creative industry in another Which way. Is very cool. Mm. And that was great because, I mean, it hadn't happened like that po- no. pre COVID yeah. and, and you injected all yeah. this, you know. Well, that's what honestly, like the. COVID, I don't know, hangover. Um, that was like a lot of the rest of the world was still in lockdown and Australia wasn't. Like yeah. I think Neighbours was one of the first Neighbours things that went back to filming. But yeah. also at the same time, rest in peace Neighbours. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, you mean... They should have yeah. Yeah, probably stopped before but, uh, COVID. At the same time, it's like, why did they have to stop? It's because the production wasn't making money. They were funded by the BBC. BBC? Someone. Channel 5 yeah. over in the States. Which is so sad that an institution UK. like that, you know, which has been a platform for so many international performers as well. But know? I think realising, again, like, and I didn't know this at the time, but that art was funded by overseas. Yeah. It wasn't an mm. Australian audience. We're like, who watches Neighbours here? It's like, none of us do. It's for over there. Yeah. I think... It's something, again, that we forget in that setting. It's like you need to know who wants to watch what you're doing or see what there you're doing. There is peripherals. Yeah. Do you think a lot of people that are upcoming, and I guess your advice towards upcoming people, do you think a lot of them accept unpaid gigs because they don't think they're qualified enough to be paid? I Well, yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> <laughs> There's this real, again, disconnect between like how trained you have to be before you can get paid for what you do um particularly i mean just in the arts right like like there's no degree that says oh i can now like get paid get paid (laughs) like i'm allowed to get paid now like people can do that from if they're five and it's the right gig like you look at the tiny humans who've trained really well are they ready to get paid someone just decides yes and the next person decides no and the next person decides no and the next person decides yes again so you're back to this audition thing it's like you never know if you're ready to be paid and i think placing a value on what you're doing and understanding how that connects is part of it yeah um so yes people <laughs> do, do you, it do but you also look for fun like there is no paid work <laughs> yeah 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 don't ex- don't expect to be paid like how, do you, how do you get the experience without it like yeah. you can train but then still like there are people who leave training who then go okay i'm back in the oh, i have to try get gigs yeah. like it's people who like and we've like interviewed as teachers who are like like super talented and like come to the interview like oh you know i've just graduated from this degree and you know i'm i'm waiting to get an agent it's like and having and yeah. like <laughs> like don't wait don't wait <laughs> well, and, and it's and it's nothing at all against them it's just like this lack of awareness even like in training organizations i think yeah that's like just this expecta- expectation that's like oh that's how it works and that's achievable and like which it maybe is occasionally <laughs> but, but you've got to grind for a while there I, yeah i think can't wait i was talking to a head of one of these places and it was i think the question was like how's how's the cohort or something and it was very much along the lines of it's a bell curve and i was like oh, it makes so much sense i'm like back to economics and the graphs and everything I was like, it's a bell curve there's there's the top five percent of the class who are incredible they will go in 
they might. They might go <laughs> and do things. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's the middle lot who are like, yeah, they're all right. Yeah. And then there's the bottom who are like, this, we're just taking their money. It's like, that's not their fault, but that's just kind of what's happening. And you're like, oh, and that's <laughs> everywhere. So I think to, like, to do free stuff, like the experiences I've had have been great. I can't mm. recommend amateur and community theater enough. Like it's so much fun. Um, I was fortunate in the ways that I could just do it back to back. And many people who are like, I want to do more amateur theater and I can't. It's like, mm. yeah, it's I been strange actually <laughs> um, <laughs> the shift in, because I haven't done amateur theater since before COVID. And oh, since yeah. COVID, that all of the actual, like, very well trained people who've done professional stuff have come back to Brisbane since COVID and now they're auditioning for all the, like, unpaid yeah, right. theater because it's fun. Yeah. And so now all the people who are <laughs> trying to get into it can't. Because it's yeah. full of like fully <laughs> Whopper graduates, BCA well, graduates, yeah. uh, and, and and these are students who've just started seeing who want to get into it. And it's just it's a community production. And I think and I'm like, like, oh, you had no yeah. chance. It was like, sorry, like, like <laughs> keep working, but you had no chance, and that's yeah. not your fault. That I, actually I, makes yeah. a lot of sense because we auditioned and we picked some people that had incredible. Um, academic history mm. but the specific skill we were looking for they'd never done but that could be trained yeah then we had people who didn't and i'm thinking the same thing i was looking at their qualifications and their experience i'm going are you kidding me like yeah it's like why <laughs> are you here <laughs> that's, yeah. and that's it. but also i'll take it yeah. <laughs> yeah. so that makes a lot of sense i, I yeah. think there's a huge demand for more community theater not from an audience perspective i mean true community i mean it's for the actors not for the audience yeah i think that's where things have shifted well that's what we're looking at because when we move out to redland bay they have mm. a very small creative arts industry out there and siobhan's already been doing her research on how we can settle in and i think and it's expand. great like community is a big thing and mm. um i don't want to obviously this podcast is not about you know, negativity as far as things like this. But I found a certain community after a while, there was, it wasn't so much that it was stale, there was an elitism about certain mm. things. Yeah. And I think that creating a community or at least becoming part of a community that there is quite a lot of, I mean, there's a quality in this respect. And I think everybody has a, and this podcast is largely about that too. Everybody has a specific experience or um, particular talents that they bring whether mm. that makes them better or less than another person, I think is sometimes irrelevant because it's ultimately about what they can contribute to the whole yeah. as a group, mm. as a community. Mm. My question on that, because I've been brewing it for a while, mm. amateur theatre, yep. right? Because I'm, I'm not an actor or performer by any means. I'm just following her dreams. <laughs> That's my... I'm yeah, just... Yeah. But now I'm settling in and I'm like, well, hang on. I, I like <laughs> I where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, like this is... Maybe, uh, maybe events is my home now. Um, and you just live here. No. <laughs> uh, like, amateur theatre, is it usually, it's just exposure, right? Very rarely paid in amateur theatre. Amateur, by definition, as I understand it, is unpaid. So, because we, what are we then? Are we? I'd say you're, you're, and this is pro it. Pro-am. You'd say pro-am only because you're probably not paying equity. And this is because it's profit share. And like, I've done some profit share productions and it might be like, I think one of them was like seven bucks. It's like, oh, really? That's nice. <laughs> yeah. it's, like, it's like, it's not a lot. <laughs> and then there's the pro that are like, oh, you're very close to getting to equity. Like, that's crazy. I think, I think our first one was what? Like $500 each? Yeah. Like our, ours yeah. was equity. Our first performance was equity. Um, we were on award rate. Yeah. But that, that distinction doesn't always... For me, I think I'm in a similar like parallel to Ben that for me, professional versus amateur wasn't necessarily the value of the pay. It was the production value. 
Mm. That was the distinction for me. Amateur theatre may not have the ability to put on a particularly large set, but then you look at Brisbane Arts and they have some pretty phenomenal sets. Other times it's not, but yeah. they're considered pro-am and, and, you know, I think... Depending when, depending on what time and if the production's paid. And yeah. I think, like, the next jump for me was always in that, f- like, there's your community theatres where, like, it's a show in a church or a town hall. Yeah. Like... They're fun. Like yeah. They're still yeah. fun. I've been in great shows because of that. And it's almost like the value in that, it's not even really exposure. It's like experience and fun and social and confidence building. Like yeah. It's so yeah. not everyone who's doing – I remember I asked – I don't know why. I was talking to someone in The Little Mermaid Junior. It was one of the little fishes or something. And she was <laughs> like six. And I was like, so what do you want to do with your life? She's like, oh, I don't know. I enjoy being I, a I, fish. I kind of like to do performing, but I, I don't know. It seems really hard. I was like, what? He's like, oh, I don't want to do – like." it as a career. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Not everyone here wants to do it as a career. I was looking at very much as like, okay, I'll maybe musical theatre, like I'll do this professionally. And the more people I kind of spoke to was like, people don't. It's, it is very much a hobby yeah. for a lot of people in amateur theatre. There are those who want to come through and do it professionally. And that doesn't mean because it's a hobby, you don't want to do it really, really well. You still mm. want your audience to be like, standing ovation, that was incredible. My gosh, you've moved me. Um, but it's for the fun. Occasionally then there's the exposure. But the, like... I've done a lot of theatre. The exposure is there to a degree. Yeah. And this is like, I was doing it the other day. I was like, how many shows have I done? Performing-wise, it's like, there's over 100 or something. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's not why mm. you do it so much. I, I, I wouldn't, if someone said, hey, I need to get known, I'd say, okay, so we need to do a marketing campaign. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or a one-man show or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. And if I really wanted to get my name out in Brisbane, hey, maybe that's the next thing I'll do. One-man show to do that <laughs> for the exposure because it'll break even, maybe. And then yeah. people are like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's Will and Katie Toff. So I, I know, know somebody who she's been accepted into the States into junior programs, and all she does when she's not at that and not at school is back-to-back Brisbane Arts. She's mm. been in every single children's show they've put on for the past four years. Yeah. But yeah. she's travelling to the States to perform and, like, it's exactly that. For her, it's about the community spirit. Yes. And mm. she's close with a lot of people in that industry yeah. specifically and, there. And it's also a really good way to practice and learn and play. I yeah. think, like, the nurturing ground for Brisbane Arts Theatre is, is incredible. Like You can take a bit more risk and, and elevate yeah, things. Yeah, but you, you're not – like, it's not the stress of a professional production. You get to learn. You get to play – but you get still develop the skills yeah. if, if you want to develop the skills. Like yeah. you can have two performers go into it and one's doing it for fun and one wants to learn. You're going to have different results, obviously. But yeah, which, and again, we know so many kids <laughs> who've been in so many arts theater shows who then go on to do new and bigger and better things. Yeah. yeah. So I've heard a few people now that they want to turn this hobby into their career, which, mm. you know, 1% of people can do in the creative industry. And it sounds like so far that's sort of something you've wanted to do as well, but you you know, it, it's it's hard. Yeah. Have you thought about, like, opening up a, a theatre? Like, yeah. Yeah? Like a physical yeah. theatre? Like... We... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, he's like, it's okay he's just laughing at me. He's like, ah? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we have. Um, I think the... <laughs> You then jump into the business of running a theatre very quickly mm. and you yeah. realise that the venues, QPAC, is not run by Queensland Theatre. They might do shows there occasionally, even like the Billy Bob Brown. They're government funded. Yep. Mm. So to, if you want to buy a venue and run it as a theatre venue, whew, okay, good luck. <laughs> like QPAC does comedy specials. They do opera. They do ballet. They do absolutely everything. It's like, oh gosh, this is instantly outside of my musical theatre bubble of wheelhouse into something else. Yeah. So in regards to 
buying a theatre because we thought about it and looked at it. Uh, no, uh, because that's you've become a venue manager instead of a theatre maker. Yeah, production company different again. Like yeah, yeah. Um, you jump into the same problem of either you're going to write something, which is another skill set outside of my little <laughs> act and sing and dance, right, and act the role, um, or the marketing of these shows, and you've got to start working out. Am I going to pay people? Yeah. <laughs> and if I do, well, okay. Like we're doing a two-hander. The only reason this can be paid for currently is because it's a two-hand. It's a small venue. You can't. We couldn't have a big cast at the planetarium. Um, yep. So you start running venue capacities and how much you can sell per ticket. And then, okay, if you're doing more people, like I'm writing, have been writing a musical for a very long time. Uh, I was going to ask that like, question. <laughs> it's got like thirty people in it. It's like what idiot decides to write a musical with thirty people? In how it can you expect it to be paid? How can, <laughs> you, how can you pay anyone? And how can a producer decide to be like, yes, you know what? This unknown writer with this big <laughs> musical with thirty cast members is a good idea to try and fund. What I'm now doing is writing a two-hander musical. Is that touring? Is as in is that the touring one that you looked at like a while ago? Oh, was this last five years? No. <laughs> What's this the one? one? The one I'm writing? Yeah. This is Tesla. This is Te- the one. Tesla. That one. Tesla. Yeah, Tesla. Tesla. So I feel for people Turing, at home. Tesla, is, Turing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, this is um, based on Nikola Tesla. So I'm yeah. writing it with James Burton. We've been doing it for years. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> it's had a workshop now, though. We, we, oh, we, and we, it was we, good. We workshop the end of Act One. Uh, cool. Uh, the, the, start, whole sorry, the, one. the whole of Act One. Good things take time. Good things take time. And it's, I didn't study composition or writing. I've just done it by feel. And it's it reached this next stage of, I need to orchestrate this now mm. for someone to play it. Beyond piano, like oh, we could play you through the entire musical. You give us two weeks and a cast, we could do that. We need to orchestrate it for the sound that we want for it. And that's a job and training and five years worth of training experience and everything by itself. I think I always throw it to Alex Lackamore, who is the orchestrator for Hamilton. Lynn is amazing. Hamilton wouldn't be it without him, but Alex made that musical the sound, the way it was. Someone else... Could have done something good, but mm. that's it. And he also did Dear Evan Hansen. Mm. This guy's entire job is to take the core music, the top line, chorus, mel- uh, melody, and lyrics, and turn it into the rest of it. And it's like, okay, well, that's the next job for Tesla. And I'm like, my God, I haven't done that before. And it's taken us this long to like write the thing and nut it out. So it's you've just done a lot of self-learning, which is awesome. Yeah, exactly. Which is is it, and it's two of you, just the two of you and Tesla? Oh, no, I'm not in it. No, no, no. Well, you're you're, yeah, you're, my, you're my testing body when it's suddenly <laughs> like, oh, I've written this female song for oh, the female voice. But he's but like, can you just <laughs> sing this and like belt this high F? It's like, <laughs> it's like excuse me, what? You should rewrite <laughs> that. <laughs> should rewrite that. Um, no, James, James Burton. Uh, I met him during Wicked. And he was rattling off this patter. And I was like, what is that? And it's like, oh, this is the thing I wrote. And at the time I had this rule where I was like, if something exciting came along, I had to wait two weeks <laughs> before I said yes. Because I just <laughs> said yes to so many things. And they like- Don't be the go. yes man. That, well, that was what I was doing. So I was like, oh no, I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait two weeks. I think I like lasted two days or something. And I sent him a message like, yo, I have to write this with you. Let's let's do this. Um, and but it like things get in the way, and because we weren't doing it full time, it was like we were like hobby writers. And yeah, that's yeah, how you yeah. Start with most art stuff, like it's creative as a release. Um, but that's the thing, like it's on the bucket list for like as soon as I possibly can with everything else that's happening. Just get that done and put it on somewhere, What's which will be unpaid. What it, genre is it? Uh, I, I say like classical. <laughs> um, it's it's uh, the orchestration will be similar to like. Wicked, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and The Wizard of Oz. Okay. Yeah. With, yeah. with elements of like your Hem- Hamilton and Dear Evan Hansen, sort of like contemporary pop sort of feels. <laughs> so it's just you and him on stage. No, 30. Oh, no. There's 30. 30 people. Oh, 30. It's oh, right. Nikola Tesla and Westinghouse yeah, and Thomas Edison, yeah, yeah. and they all end up in battles. That's and awesome. Stuff. So, yeah. Um, but we saw James in 
he was in We Will Rock You at Ipswich, um, which was great and he was great. Which I think it was one of his first like main house lead roles. Yeah. And yeah. he was he was fantastic. Like I've, I've seen him perform before in leads and smaller stuff. Um, but it was like, oh, I want to finish Tesla now because he wants to play the role. And I yeah, think that's, it's, yeah. a, it's an interesting point to go, he hasn't been able to get lead roles because... Just play your own lead role. He looks a bit odd. He doesn't have the best voice or whatever. I think he sounds great. I hope he'd be great for Tesla. But he's written a part for him. And you look at Lin-Manuel Miranda, like same stuff. Like a lot of creative artists in that sphere who do like writing will write something for themselves yep. and then go to do it. Ideally, it doesn't take you however many years it's taken me, but uh, <laughs> that's, that's what happens. If, you, if just you don't have take the, the leap. You just got to go, you know, I think the thing I did was test it on a smaller scale, mm. yeah. engage, and then, you know, we did the iteration of our show three times and each time you grow it a bit and it's it's not in its complete form yes. but it was and it was to a smaller stage than i would anticipate but it was like okay let's just test this new element you know and yeah. but of that scale with 30 people <laughs> a couple of tests is a quite let's just smack this on that was that was the incredible thing about doing the workshop i yeah. just kind of went yo people i've been in shows with please come sing this thing I it was what? there was one bit where like where was playing piano and like we had sort of learnt the song and he's like, great, can everyone just sing some ooze <laughs> at random? And it sounds so good. We were, we were testing, we were playing, we were writing on the fly. But yeah, and it was to have that many people in the space and singing something you've written was just like, oh. And it was like, dang it, this will this will work. This is... You'll need, like, you'll need that to be a Q pack, something that well, big. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll plan it. <laughs> 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 if you listen to uh, uh, um, to do it at the Civic Centre and do it, yep. try find a grant or something to, like, fund the venue and the lighting and the sound and just go big. Like Go to, like, some um, science or engineering companies, you know, the, but, uh, yeah. the investment in well, We'll go to <laughs> Tesla. <laughs> this, is, this, is like, this is all, like, the creative thinking that it's, like, more to it than just, like, hey, we'll find an agent. Well, exactly. But it was, like, we, crazy, we saw yeah. a show that was based on Alzheimer's and they went to the Alzheimer's Institute for funding. Yeah. And I thought, mm. well, that makes total perfect sense, mm. but mm. I would have never thought of that myself. We should have gone to Brisbane Transport for our murder on the train. It's <laughs> 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 funny and great. Like, look. I did. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we want to um, kill someone on a train. Do you want to give us some funding? <laughs> I yeah. actually wanted to ask you about, um, Katie, about princess parties. Yeah. <laughs> because there was a while ago, I think I'd saw, I th maybe it was you that had posted it. A while back, so they were looking for some... Um, performers or mm. extra and I struggled because I didn't fit the physicality of what they required yeah and that was a big one for me because I went oh my gosh but I was curious what your experience with them was um look it's it was a hoot like it was yep. so good um I probably worked with them for uh, like three years might not have been that long might have been longer who knows um yeah like it was really fun um Elsa is so very popular. <laughs> Everyone loves Elsa. Did you let it's it go? <laughs> I haven't let it go yet. Um, <laughs> it's really interesting singing because Let It Go is like such an epic song to have to sing. Like it's not something you can just like yep. sort of, you know, whip out really casually. But it's weird to sing it at like, you know, a five-year-old's birthday <laughs> when you're like, all right, everyone like stand back. <laughs> and all they want is the chorus. They no, don't care well, about the... Like, you know, like the last big note, like there's no reason. That one? Yeah. Um, I would like hardly ever sing it because you'd just be like, all right, like everyone use your biggest singing voices. And all the kids would just be like, ah! and they wouldn't even hear you. It was great. Um, but no, it was good. Uh, I think my favorite party that I ever did was, and I don't know if they ever did another one because I assume it wasn't the most popular, but they got Ray like from Star Wars, mm. as a character. Um, and I was very lucky to 
do the I think it was the first rape party they did and maybe the only rape party they ever did <laughs> um but it was like this little six-year-old who was just like obsessed with Star Wars anyway and I got there and it was just like so wholesome because I think she was I'm pretty sure it was her sixth birthday and she knew everything because I talked to the mum beforehand and the mum was like oh like do you like know Star Wars and I was like yeah like what do you what do you mean of course I do of course I know Star Wars <laughs> and she was like no no like no Star Wars I was like yes like like thrilled. like old movies or like new movies she's like everything I was like okay what planet <laughs> features in this movie yeah. 10 minutes no, in but seriously and then I got there and she was like are you really Ray and I was like yeah you know and I practiced my sort of British accent whatever she has I'm not sure um and like a car backfired and we pretended it was the Millennium Falcon that I'd like parked uh-huh. over anyway it was great um, but then she was like, so, you know, what's like Princess Leia's last name? And what's this? And what's this? And I was just very lucky that I knew the answers. But there was a few moments that I was like, um, I need to go to the bathroom. Yeah, it's like, oh, no. Um, but actually, tangent, the other day, we have this little kid in one of our classes who oh, has yeah. been like dealing with, I think he's eight, um, with like a lot of anxiety and just a lot of like really big emotions and how to deal with them. Um, and so at the moment I'm working with a child psychologist is just a totally separate thing I'm doing. Um, and so I've just been doing a lot of sort of stuff in that area. And, um, I worked with this kid for a term or two terms, whatever. Um, and we had sort of had chats about it. He's like, oh yeah. And then I feel like really nervous and then I don't know what to do with that feeling. And then I just get angry or, and he just had like really huge kind of tantrums, um, and anyway, I came to visit class this term and he showed up dressed as a Jedi. This is like week eight, maybe. Um, and I was like, hey, you know, hey, man, what you doing? He's like, oh, dad's teaching me to be a Jedi. I was like, sick. Sick dad. Um, and his dad's great. And anyway, then dad came up. I was like, oh, you know, what's that entail? What's Jedi training like? He's like, oh, we do that thing where you sit on a cushion and you breathe. Oh. And I was like, whoa. That's what? awesome. And then dad's like, been meditating. Like, I'm trying to teach him mindfulness. It was like. That is awesome. What a genius so way to get your so eight-year-old awesome. to meditate. <laughs> like, remember this. Dad yeah, yeah, shit. Anyway. So that, that I was, wasn't my dad like that. That was excellent. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. I was actually going to segue into um, what you're doing for work at the moment with kids. So um, do you – like, uh, the info I have is child psychology. So <laughs> I, was, I was like, are, we, are you a psychologist? I am not – no. No, not by any means am I a psychologist. Um, no, I, I – I'm like a, I think admin and finance coordinator is my Official job title. title. Mm. Um, at So they're called Parent Shop and it's an organisation that was founded by a psychologist and they've developed training programs for parents and teachers and like people who walk, work in child protection um, for like handling anxiety and hand, handling behaviour change. Um, and his sort of main thing is communicating like complex researched things about those things um, into really practical like one day courses that you can easily understand and don't have jargon in them and that you can implement like right away into your life. So they're really cool and that's been a nice thing to go alongside everything else we're doing. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And it would teach you a lot about yourself too, yeah. working with kids. It's very humbling. Yes, yeah. It was inter- it's been interesting listening to because like in the background of my work there's just like webinars happening with all these like parents or teachers or whatever and you know you're like telling them about, uh, you know, emotion coaching kids through, like, different things because kids often don't have words for feelings. And we're like, oh, how are you feeling? And they can be, like, happy, sad, mad, scared. It's like, 
Well, there's so many more than that, but yes. Um, and that often the parents or the teachers, like the adults, don't have those skills. So you have to like develop them in yourself before you can then help a child. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So it's been really very fascinating. And yeah. Hmm. yeah. I have a question for you that part is partly on here, but it's more of a curiosity for myself. So back when Mary was here, mm. the track in, um, so you produced so so tell me a little bit about how that happened and what that was like. So as in your yeah, yeah. how that came about, yeah. Uh, I did Wicked in twenty fifteen, sixteen. Um, the music director, Robert Clark, I met him during that. And then I was fortunate enough to work with him in his company at the time as kind of like a project manager sort of role, help coordinate things. And we did a showcase, uh, uh, intensive, um, with him and two, uh, one of his old uni friends, um, Doug Webster, who's played John Valjean and done everything over there. Were they friends? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah they were friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought you guys got that. I did that. That's yeah, okay. I met you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I didn't realise they were friends. Yeah, yeah, they <laughs> They went to the same uni or something. I think they were roommates or something like that. It was wild. But they hadn't seen each other in a very long time. And he was like, hey, I want to do this thing. Um, and Doug teaches a thing over in the States called... American singer or something like that, yep. which is his his sort of singing course, where he teaches singing and performance skills and everything like that. Um, and Robert was like, "Let's bring him to the states." And then we were going to get this other lady, but she was unavailable, so we ended up with Mary, who was the first person who also worked with Doug at this American singer thing over in the states as well. So they came out, um, and we did that workshop with ten, eleven, tw- twelve people, how many it was, for the week, and then we did that performance and everything. And then Mary, at the end of it, was like, "Hey, I want to come back." Next year. So it was like, cool, let's do that. So for the next couple of years, we brought her back um, to do similar style. Um, and then I think after the second year... With your amazing uh, cottage. Yes, 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 that's right, yes. Um, up, up, up at the family farm. Yes, that's where we had that. Uh, she, we were like, well, let's, let's tour. Let's go to Melbourne and Sydney. Like, that's where th- there is more theatre. <laughs> there are more people down there. So we decided to produce a tour down the East Coast of Australia. So started in Brisbane, ended in Brisbane. Started in Sydney. Sydney, Sydney, Melbourne, then Brisbane, um, and that was like giant hall workshops and pri- less so privates, but yeah, classes everywhere. So a lot of venue organisation and marketing yep. for those. Um, mm. And in Sydney, we she performed at the Sydney Opera House, um, and I sang as a guest artist, and Katie sang backup in another song as well. And yeah, it was very cool. It was in the uh, Ultsen room. room, which yeah. is the tiny, small little cabaret one down on the ground, but it's almost level with the bay. So the doors are open. You can see out on the ocean and everything. It was very, very cool. Um, singing to the harbour. Singing to the yeah. harbour pretty much. So, yeah, we, we produced that tour. Um, mm. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> like one of those fever dreams of just like, there was so much work and so many things. Yeah. and We had a lot of wagon wheels. Yeah. Wagon wheels have become uh, tainted with the, the flavour of hard work <laughs> <laughs> and late like hours. Hard like work stress. at 1am. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, we produced that. So she... Want to come do that, and then we've got COVID. <laughs> so that's it. I remember you doing a Bondi. Yeah, we did oh, a flash yes. mob. Yeah, we did flash mobs and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah, Mary trying to get people who were just sitting on the steps to sing. Singing. And they did. Let like the kids came up and like, oh, this is this is fun. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. No, it was it was it was crazy. Um, but her teaching style was so unique. Um, I I hadn't experienced anyone like that. Um, which was yeah, great for me, but also everyone who got to work with her and us like that. So yeah. yeah. What do you reckon the biggest learning you had or challenge you had in that experience from the producing standpoint? Maybe the same, maybe different. <laughs> yeah. I think 
Communication is really important. Yeah, communicate <laughs> communication like like people management generally, like working with Mary, who's done stuff over the States before, so working with her and just working out like what ideas we want to kind of execute. Um because I'd worked with Robert before and he was a very different personality to Mary. And I think that's yeah, that was one. But then also like just the sheer amount of admin volume that you have yeah. to do. Like when but we got like national TV coverage. Like she was on mm. channel well, both of them. She was on the Today Show. Yep. And, and she was on seven. That was yeah, ten. With I like think. S- what's the one with like Sonia and yeah, David? I don't know. We, we obviously watch TV. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, she was on national news. She was on national news. Was, was, it, was it on Netflix? No, no, no I, exactly. I, don't I don't know. That. Didn't see it, right? Yeah, no. Um, and ABC Radio. So a lot of like the press coverage stuff as well, and most of that's like, well, so how, how do you do that? It's like you email them. They their job is to fill news, and if you've got something noteworthy, they'll want to put it on. So email them a bunch. Yeah. So can you just kept emailing? Them, like, hey, this is here. We're here for this long. Hi, me something. again. Reply, <laughs> um, reply. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. and I, I think we had one of those weird, lucky, fortunate circumstances where we happened to meet the current room runner, producer for Rod. Rod oh, Rod. yeah. So <laughs> we got one of the TV segments. Yeah. So she, we, she did like a bunch of, yeah. like, we went out and did like a workshop with a community theater. Um, so we did, I think, two Kinky in Sydney, boots. two in mm. Melbourne. And yeah, the director or music director, I'm not sure. Which was a community production, unpaid, again, like just bring it back. Like <laughs> Sydney has it too, like they're not alone. <laughs> um, yeah, but Rod, who was the director of that, he was like, oh, so what are you doing with Mary? I'm like, oh, we just, I think we just got, it's like, oh, we just got her on Channel 10 or something. Yeah. And he's like, have you spoken to Channel 9? I think it was, or 7. It was like, what? He was like, I, I, I work there doing this. It was like, oh, that'd be great. We'd love to do that. And I didn't realize what the role was. I was like, what does that actually mean? It's like, he... He ran the ship. Yeah, he was yeah. really important. Yeah, we, we, we happened <laughs> to stumble across person. the one guy who could be like, yeah. whoop. So and yeah. then we and met then she like got slid into that as well, the next. I think we met the lady who produced Sierra. Sierra's tour. Sierra's tour when oh, she yeah. came. Like we, it was just like a lot of wacky kids. Like, oh, Australia is small. Yeah, like it's, it's <laughs> massive, but yeah. yeah. And then we met um, Anthony. Yeah, Anthony. Anthony, Anthony, Brandon Wong. Yeah, who I was, was in like, the Matrix w- and everything. Wallow? <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, he's he's an acting teacher and he's currently in um, a whole bunch of ABC Family things. Family Law. No, something I like know. that. There's a, yeah, he's in a bunch of stuff. Um, yeah, it's it's also like it was very heartwarming in terms of like how supportive the greater Australian creative community is, is. just mm. in terms of like jumping on board different things and like a lot of them came to this concert at the Sydney Opera House and just like rocked up. I was like. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. yeah. Especially because, like you said, Mary's style is quite unique. There's a lot of learnings you take from it and each of each person takes a little bit of something else. Mm. So other creatives, of course, I feel would be – she's got a magnetic kind of presence. Yes. So mm. you want to see what you can take out of it, yeah. which is cool. Yeah. And she really cares about yeah. her students. Um, and I think that was, like, just one of the things. It was like, yo, so when we were playing the schedule, it's like, okay, so we're going to work for these days and then break for these. And it's like, of course, like, you're putting so much into teaching um, and have never really taught at that scale before or that emotionally intense. Like, you've worked with her. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know. And I think that was one of the big differences um, when I met her and how she did it was like, oh, we can talk about the emotions of this. We're not just focusing on the pretty technique anymore. It's mm. like, how is this going to move people? How does it affect you personally? Um and then how to look after that and look after yourself. Like a big thing for her was just like even self-care. Yep. It was yep. like, look after yourself, go have a warm shower, go for a run. I was like, and again, I'd never met someone who 
spoke about that before in the He's very holistic about yes, it. Yes, yeah, yeah. And and I was talking to Doug as well. And he was like, yeah, I do I do this as well. But Mary's here, so I'll let her do it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that, that's great. It's like they, they tag teamed really well for that for that first trip. Um, I so. think that's the biggest thing too. For, for me, the first experience I had with Mary, even Doug, I mean, I'd never done any kind of any performance really except for high school. Um, and that was just, I had broad comp ridiculous confidence and lack of knowledge mm. whereas now i've gotten to the point where i got lots of knowledge and the confidence is back there yes. but the thing mary i think the biggest thing i learned was about um you know the quality of technical ability is important but it means nothing if you're not in the fields yes if you're not in that stage and it, but it was a huge thing and i think mm. i've I've got a lot of friends who I've sort of forced to go to her shows, um, her workshops and things when you did the tour, mm. um, who all of a sudden, they got out of their own heads. They took away and went, yes, I can sing all of this this range. Yes, I have these abilities, but can I cry? No. How the yeah. heck do you cry? Well, you got to feel it. Yeah. You know? How to be connected with what you're singing. Exactly. To, to, yeah. And that's what the best performers and artists and writers do. And mm. we forget that when we jump into the very objective is that the right note? Is this the right part? Like, yes, that's very Which important. So Don't important, sing out of tune. Like, um, Loic said to me part. this week, yeah. "You are you are irrelevant. You are irrelevant." And I that's went, great. "What do you mean I'm important?" <laughs> he goes, "Yeah, but but you and your thoughts, mm. it's right. irrelevant. It doesn't matter. Produce yeah. the yeah. sound, feel it. You know." Um, so good. <laughs> As a segue to that, I wanted to ask you, you've made a note about an um, intensive Shakespeare you did. Oh, yeah. I never know. I didn't know anything about this. Tell me. Tell I, us. I can't remember when I did it. Uh, <laughs> it, I, it was, it's Shakespeare and Company. So they're based in Lenox, Massachusetts. Um, and they Pronounce that again? Yeah. I want to learn. Why do they make difficult states? Massachusetts. Yeah. Massachusetts. Massachusetts. I added, I, there was like so six S's. S's. There's a double S and then there's two later. Massachusetts? Um, Massachusetts, Lennox. So it's it's two, two hours, two, three hours north of New York. It's a bit north of New York. Um, and my acting teacher at the time was like, what are you doing? I was like, I don't know, nothing. I'm waiting for an audition like everyone else. And she's like, you should go do this. I was like, what? Um, and she recommended Shakespeare and Company. And it was incredible. It was a month-long intensive. So six days a week, one day off on a Thursday. Um, doing Shakespeare. I was the youngest person there, I think. Very close. I think I was, t I was 21 at the time, so I don't know how long ago that was. Five years. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not telling my age. How many am yeah, I? Yeah, <laughs> um, and it was cold. There, was, there were two Australians. There was me and this other guy, but I don't have a very strong Australian accent, and then he was like, hard, yeah, mate. I was like, okay, well, you can play the Australian <laughs> card. I'll just be me. Um, and... It was freezing. I just remember between classes because I think there was one there was one day that we had off and a weather warning came through and it was like, don't go outside for more than 30 minutes or you'll get frostbite. I was like, where am I? This is crazy. Like I'd been to the snow before, but just the sheer, like, yeah. Um, but every day was Shakespeare. So we'd wake up and we'd do like yoga and physical movement and then jump into scenes or exercises or things with all the different teachers. And I think there was 50 people, 50, 60 people there yeah. in total. Um, and you stay on site um, in the dorms and everything. But having not done any Shakespeare to come out the other side and be like, okay, I, I know my way around the script. I know, I, and, and... I am Shakespeare. I am Shakespeare. <laughs> like, there, was, there was one night um, and I was learning the scene that we have to do at the end of, of which is this showcase thing. Um, and you're breaking down... Part part of it, um, Kristen Linklater has a system where you break down the vowels. So it's like zoo wash or sort of thing. And 
I'd been doing that to my script and there was just one night where I'd been learning lines and I dreamt in Shakespeare and it was the most bizarre thing. <laughs> it was like, you know, I was just a dream for the things you were doing. It was just like my brain was hearing words and speaking in it, making sense. I was just like, wow, this is wild. Um, but yeah, that was, I, I can't recommend that enough to people who want to do acting. Like it was so good and very intense. Like I've, I've never really wanted to go um, to a college or tertiary institution for a long period of time. Um, I was very much like, I'll find the best teachers who've, who've trained the people who do that or afterwise. Um, but yeah, that, that was <laughs> just, yeah, a whirlwind of cold and freezing and Shakespeare um, with some incredible people as well. I love seeing when they turn, um, and I don't have an example, I was trying to think of one, when normal scripts, shows, very well-known things are turned Shakespearean. Because you know the subject matter, you know the story, the characters, and they turn them Shakespearean. So not only intonation and, and how you speak, but the character arcs and things are very different. Yes. And I'm trying to think of an example. Well, but I'm, about to, I'm about to create an example because I like to capitalise on these things. Uh-oh. <laughs> and just throw yourself... You know what? I, I want to hear you... You know, you're in the drive through at Macca's right now, right? Yep. But... Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> suddenly, <laughs> you're Shakespeare. What would you order? Walk me through your order. Oh, gentle sir, may I please have a cheeseburger and fries? A milkshake on the side, but chocolate in size small. Excellent. I was thinking, I was like, do I have to give you All right, wait, wait, I forgot my line. Anything else? That is all that I need for now. But when I return, please tell me how I might get larger fries. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a, I remember because they talk about the, uh, the, that pentameter, right? Yeah, yeah right. Da, 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 yeah. And uh, one of the things that they very quickly like, beat out of you is do not do da 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 because it's so robotic. Yeah. Um, the language lends itself to it when it's written right, not made up on the spot. Um, that it feels so natural when yeah. you. Kind of, like you touch it a little bit and then step back and go like, back to the human emotions and that. Like, what? I don't have to get the notes <laughs> right and do this. Um, yeah, it was it was very cool. I, I like cool. what you said about being irrelevant. There's a book called Irreverent Acting. Yep. And I was like, what does irreverent mean? It's like, it doesn't matter. Like, it's like a lack of respect for. And I was like, oh, we place such a high standard on like Shakespeare and all this. It's like, he just wrote. Mm. He wrote things and he stole things. Doesn't doesn't matter who you are. It matters who you become or who you portray mm. and, and how, how well you portray it it's about yeah. the art as opposed to the self i mean even though the self is important in it's acting we all know that but like being able to remove your like your the ego in self when you're performing and that's such high standard that you attach to it like you don't have to like yes work hard and keep it good but you can still play like it's still fun yeah. you know, we don't i'm not working as an actor like when i'm on stage it's a play i'm mm. playing like you yeah. see rehearsals. I mean, I've referenced Hugh Jackman before because of Music Man, mm. but you see him in rehearsals, and he has this—he has the knowledge. People know him when they see his face, but in that environment, he is another person in the performance space rehearsing, yeah. and there isn't there is no ranking. No, he is just performing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's really cool. I think you've got to definitely, yeah, sure. You do if you're getting paid, you're doing it as work. But as soon as you start thinking of it as work. I feel like you're not going to get to the same potential as if you treated it like something you loved. Which is often what I find, like even going to see some QPAC shows, like a lot of QPAC shows are amazing, sure. But like, and then you go and see some shows, like even like Brisbane Arts Theatre shows or Ipswich shows, and they have so much more 
heart in them than some of like the, you know, they're so refined and like the choreography is beautiful and like they all sing in tune and it's great at QPAC, but sometimes they lack that yeah. like The energy soul. and excitement. I saw yeah. nine yeah. to five. I saw nine mm. to five with mum a few months ago and that was that would be, I was trying to pinpoint what it was. They were all incredible. Mm. The perform, you know, Marina Pryor was in it. Like mm. there was great standard, but I was like just, just Enjoy step yourselves out, a just bit step more. Step out of line. Just, just push yeah. a bit more belt. Just yeah. be grungy. Do something gritty dirty. And, Do something you know, messy. Yeah. yeah, and um, I think that I think that honestly comes from ex- from being and doing that kind of thing. Yeah. People who have have only done professional, professional, professional. There is a formula. Yeah. You and know, that's something you have that to I know you're part of O-Rays. You but have it's also to know work. Like you've been doing it uh, again. Talking to my cousin, I was like, "How many times have you done this show?" He's like, "Thousands, like he hundreds exactly. and hundreds and hundreds." You know exactly. And I, I it hap- it's happened to me like once or twice where you're in a show and your brain just goes elsewhere. Yeah. And it was particularly Avenue Q. We've done it so many times. And I'm here with the puppet, and I'm I'm having a conversation in my head. I'm still singing the lines. I was like, "Okay, at some point I have to get back into this." <laughs> right? I was like, no, no, just let it happen. And I was talking to him. I was like, "Do you?" Think about what you're doing when you're on stage when this happens. Like, no, it's like it's rote now. It's, but the audience doesn't see that or feel that, so no. it doesn't take away from the performance in that case sometimes. But I think the energy that you have for some of those more community theatre shows, and I think Doug Webster said it as well. He was like, "Yeah, the energy you will have with a cast who've been together for a couple months who put the show on for six times mm. will be so much more." <sighs> yeah, than a tour that goes on for years. Like, like we did. Not to say that those aren't. We times. went and saw Shrek. Yeah, um, and I I love Shrek, and I was in Shrek. I was gonna say, weren't you fear? Um, <laughs> and they just did it again at Arts Theatre. Yeah, and like our show was like like I love Christmas Arts Theatre, but our show was like a hot mess. Like there were a bunch of things, and like you know, shit would fall over, and like people would forget lines or make up lines. But and like granted, I didn't see it, and I'm very biased. But <laughs> we went and saw QPAC, and it was like. Mm. like there are times when I don't believe that you're having fun like that you're you're just here for a job and like yeah this is what people do to escape their jobs as accountants and lawyers and dentists and if we come here and you don't look like you're having fun like I I do think we're in a really unique spot though where as artists we see and feel that where most of the people who go to the theatre won't see that it'll be fantastic and that's great Mm. Um, I think it was Spielberg, he was like, well, what do you wish people knew about movies? And he's like, nothing. You should know nothing about movies because if you do, it takes away the magic. And I was yeah. like, of course That's it like does. like a warning that we'll used to give to students, students about like, singing. We will ruin, we will ruin theater, for theater for you. And then students <laughs> will be like, they didn't belt this part and I thought they should or this head voice was different and weird. <laughs> and it's like, because you start analyzing it differently. You look at it differently because you're working on Which it. Which can be fun in a totally different way. But that yeah. makes sense because nine to five, my mum only noticed yeah. one thing. I noticed when one of the ensemble stepped the wrong way because the rest of them, there was this, like it was a, a ripple. It was a split <laughs> second <laughs> and there was like panic and then they figured it out and a piece of set fell down. But th- And my mum, Nothing. Mm. Yeah. She didn't see any of it. And yeah. I saw one of the like, one of the leads. Um, I think he was just. I think he was tired. Honestly, you notice fatigue. That's the and one thing you'll see. He saying. was he <laughs> was doing some high bits and pieces, and I I saw him sort of um, wobble his way out of it. Yeah. And I noticed that, and she just went, "What a phenomenal performance!" I'm yeah. like, "Yes." Did yeah. you see that? She went, "No." And you, again, you have that introspection. And then when people go to auditions, they're like, "Oh, I did this wrong." It's like. The general public do not care. They, like yeah. they, they just want to make sure that their ears don't bleed and yeah. they're happy. Yeah. And sometimes, <laughs> sometimes we as audition, like we 
because we audition people, mm. they'll think they did something wrong, but we won't even notice no. it. No. 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 We spend a lot of our time telling students that. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Do not make a face. <laughs> like, yeah. if, if you do something wrong. Do not, yeah. Don't make us realise you've done something wrong. Just, just keep yeah. just keep it, going. Through it. Yeah. I think the first time I was actively aware of it, I it was like 2015 or 16, I think, and I had done like a few shows as ensembles and understudies. I hadn't done any leads, I don't think. And I was working full-time in tax accounting and doing uni in the evenings. <laughs> and I, one of my co-workers at the accounting firm I was working at went to see, I think it was Rock of Ages. Mm-hmm. And right. every, everyone in my, like, theatre music circle trashed the hell out of it. We're like, it was, like, shit for all of these reasons. I didn't like this and I didn't like this and I didn't... Anyway, this, this guy went and saw it <laughs> and he came to work the next day and was like, that is the best thing I have seen in my entire life. <laughs> and I'm so inspired. I was just like... And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, what? Mm. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, Mm. I think particularly when you start looking at commercial art and jumping back to the business side of it, like, those shows are there because they make people happy. Like, Mm. we were Rocky, we've done that. It's not a particularly well-written show, but people love it. Like, you're not there for the plot. Yep. And they want, they want the reason that formula is there is so that no show in theory is below or above that standard. Yeah. Like you can go mm. two nights in a row and you'll have the same experience yeah. mm. for the most part. Yeah. Whereas in amateur theatre or, yeah, it, you know, you, you're like, <laughs> you carry each other. I yeah. did Jungle Book and lost my voice. Yes. And I was the lead and the, the um, Bagheera, oh sorry, I was Bagheera, Baloo could see it and was like, okay. And, and he, the gentleman that played Baloo, was not a singer. He was his first time ever singing. And he literally just made yeah. up a bunch of stuff because I was like, nothing was happening. Yeah. And it was so funny because I'm like, that's a show lots of people came mm. yeah. that I knew. The next day it was completely different. I'm like, you don't get that in yeah. QPAC. But yeah. hey, the, the ones that you – because very occasionally in like professional – shows or even like professional concerts and things stuff goes wrong and they're the best moments like we went to Billie Eilish and she had a sneezing fit in the middle <laughs> of it yeah. and it was like one of the most wholesome moments of the whole show because yeah. it was like oh you're just a person you get to see and them yeah. or like the mic pack falling out the back of oh, someone yeah. who's doing it we saw the last five years and this mic pack fell out we just and loved her so much more for when she finally got to this yeah. moment and it happened to be when it she was, was during like the audition song in the last five years where she's like auditioning again and again and again and it, it keeps failing. going wrong and failing and failing <laughs> and it happened to be that her mic pack fell out during that song it was so good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, yeah. it was great so yeah it's <laughs> that's actually something that was big for our last production was um i spent honestly a third of the audition rehearsal process teaching people how to work out of a problem because it was largely <laughs> immersive in improv. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. The, wow. Most, wow. the most problematic experience in immersive I- I performances is when things go wrong, whether it's the audience, whether, like it's never going to be the same. And it was crazy because some of the people, like I'd mentioned, had graduated from pretty prestigious institutions, mm. had never been taught to adapt or improvise. It was always follow the script, do these step left, mm. step left. And it was so much fun to watch them learn because when things went wrong and they really did (laughs) we were in a particular place with a model train that you could sit on the train literally broke in the middle of the experience (laughs) this was like a on on like a historical village they had to learn as actors what to do and and it was great to see because they were like oh no the train's broken there must be a dead body or something like they went (laughs) in this journey and i'm like that's a skill and it's so good to see it in big professional Mm. productions when they adapt they don't Mm. You see people who literally freeze because they don't, they have no skill they set don't. to go, what do I do? I think and the curtain not ready just to come goes up. down. Yeah. <laughs> I think we were thrown into the deep end quite early with our experiences as an event co- and a theatre company. 
Um, you know, we had that train issue. We've had high prestigious people that we've just thrown on our cast just because we knew their name and then they just walk off stage mid-scene because they forget their lines. They don't improv. They just walk off stage. But that's what I mean. Like the the, mm. it's so fun to have different skill sets to yeah. learn to as see. a performer. But it's also like all about balance. Like, and like you, yes, you need like the training that will like you know make you sing in tune and let you be heard and make sure you don't like face the back wall. And the technique <laughs> and the like endurance to be able to do it eight shows a week. Yeah. Like that's yeah. the other thing. Like that's that's incredibly difficult. But you then need there's to like the creative joy that if you lose which I think is something that can happen with, like, really intense professional training. Um, I, I had – I think it was, like – it wasn't the closest to professional, but I was doing, like, a singing gig in that uh, – it was Christmas. It was, like, the first Christmas out of COVID. And I got it because I knew the choreographer, and he was like, hey, I got this thing. I need to get someone to sing. Um, and the other singers I was with had all done professional theatre in some capacity. Most of them would be now in Sydney or overseas doing cruises – all of them, two of them were, were reskilling currently because they couldn't get consistent work or just the back and forth of contracts and everything. And they'd lost the fun and the joy of it. And I was like, yep, I don't need to go any further with this. I can see my life 10 years from now and I'm going to be doing the exact same thing because it's not going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's when it turns into a stressful role that you mm. think, yeah, you just start reluctant, it, like wanting to leave, wanting to, like, is this the last performance yet? Like, Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> same, same, but different. Uh, same, same, but different. No, I'm pretty much the same. Um, same thing, collaborative. I think it depends on the project, really, but you want to know what the people you're working with want to bring to the table. Um, and I think as a director, you kind of set the vision of like, okay, this is where we're going. And ideally, you hire people or cast people who agree with that. Fit the bill. And then go, cool. Mm. I'm going to bring this. I'm going to bring that. And you can see. And then shape it from there. Like um, honest, open communication. Yes. Where communication is like it. If you can't talk to people about the hard stuff and the easy stuff and the good stuff and appreciate them for their time and what they're bringing, you're missing out on so much. Um, yeah. There's got to be a limit to that though because I think Siobhan's trying to teach me that limit because when we hire our cast, like the I want them to be involved in everything. Like I'm like, you it's know... Help me with this marketing. Help us do this. Help us do that. It's, I, I think there's, there's, there's the line. And I, I think um, doing a show at the moment where we're not producing it, we have nothing to do, we'll assist with the marketing. And that'll mostly be like reviews and press and other photos and stuff like that, which is kind of normal. Um, but as long as they know what they're getting involved in and they're okay with it and you've had that conversation, yeah. Like, hey, would you mind helping with this part or that part? What do you want to be a part of? Um, like we're at the point now where we have a lot of half-baked skills. <laughs> like, and I yeah. say half-baked kind of loosely. Like, we can do a lot of things. If you said, go put on this show, we could do A to Z of it. Yep. We could act, be in it, produce it, market it, do all the set and lighting. We're not going to be as good as someone who's trained in those particular things, but we can do that. So I think knowing what your scope is and how much each person's role is. That being said... Because I keep saying, like, Siobhan, can these guys just help? No, that's not their job. No, that's <laughs> and, not their job. And, and it depends. I think it, I think, I think it depends. Um, <laughs> We're learning the balance. I'm bad at the hard stuff. So if I have What's to have a conversation... What's the hard stuff, though? Because that's very... I'm actor drinking right before a show. Oh, yeah. Well, So I feel that, and I feel the indignation, the frustration, the lack of respect, but I had to learn to step up. Like, hey, don't This do is not okay. He is fine with that. But I'm good at going, okay, let's talk about boundaries. Let's talk about what are you comfortable with. 
that's not his skill set. So no. we. I assume really you're comfortable. Same as you guys, like working in business together, you know, you develop the skills you have and, and hopefully complement one another in yes. doing so. Um, and you grow together. Sometimes it's exponential for one and not so much for the other. But yeah. at the end of the day, you reach a point together, which is a good place. When I say we're the same, it's like, no, 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 we're balanced. Definitely things I cannot do. Often Will will like set a fire and then I'll like kind of organise around it and then Will will set another fire and it'll be like, oh my God, there's another one. one." (laughs) But I don't set any fires, so it works well. well. (laughs) Cool. All right, well, let's see how well you two know each other. Oh, no. They've been together long enough. I'm sure we can ask them some basic (coughs) 12-year-old questions. Are you asking questions, are you? I'm asking questions. All right. Ooh. Couple quiz. Cool. Because I couldn't answer any of these questions. So <laughs> I'm in the same boat. Like, if you can't answer them, it's oh all right. No. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start off with some really basic, trivial questions, okay? Katie will get You're her turn. At me. I have no idea Katie will get her turn. Don't worry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. All right. What is her favorite number? 47 or 74. They're palindromes. Or I've got to ask why. 4774, 4774. Or 7, uh, because they're cool numbers. Katie's obsessed with palindromes. I just had like a mini stroke saying numbers. Uh, when we started dating, Katie really liked palindromes. So if it was 10.01, she'd be like, look at the clock. So oh, I've been yeah. trained that if I see a time like that, I will clap. Because I can't, I can't actively get like, look at the clock, I'll get really loud. It just became like Yeah, easy. right. So if... See that? I'm like a monkey. <laughs> so if it's 12-12, I'll clap. If it's 12-21, I'll clap. <laughs> I think it would be fantastic to Good just meet like, you know, like in a study environment or like, oh, like you said, a workshop and you're just there and everyone... It might be quiet. I might adjust for the environment, <laughs> but it's usually like... I'm glad we didn't have a clock on the table because you'd <laughs> clap randomly. Like, we would have never found out like until right now. Um. <laughs> Yes. So I don't know. Does why that annoy you now, that. though? Like no, I love you're it. in the movie, and all of a sudden on the screen, there's like a one, two, <laughs> often, one, two. Often I'll forget. When, like sometimes I'll be driving, and we'll just be like, <gasps> be like, what? <laughs> Look at the clock. Yeah. You yeah. can just do. I did that. That's me. <laughs> I, I, I'm not sure why, particularly 47 or 74, or that combination in Palladrums, but it's just a good time. They're just pretty numbers. Would you agree? That's your one oh, of your yeah, favorite numbers. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> and Tick now. will just do a little ding sound. <laughs> Katie, what's his favorite number? Twenty-one. Yeah. Yes. Nine plus ten. Yeah. Twenty-one. I know. Cool number. Yeah. I don't know all the American movies like twenty-one. That's the age. Blah, blah, blah. It's like twenty-first uh, birthday. All that. Blackjack. It, now I'm past. It's like yeah, screw it. It's just a number. But yes, that's. All right. There was a right. time. There was yeah. a time yeah. where that was exciting to be that age or get to that there age. There was a time. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, what is Katie's favorite food? There's a lot. If, uh, say, like, you you know, you just, when you give her a phone with Uber Eats, what do you want? Pick something. We don't do Uber Eats. Um, oh, we live in the middle of nowhere. I, it's mashed potatoes up there really high. The Irish yeah. blood in her is strong. Uh, Guinness on the other side of that. Uh, that that's occasionally. <laughs> chocolate. Chocolate and mashed potato. Yeah. Not chocolate. Together. Not together. <laughs> Not together. <laughs> that's an experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah that's Did fun. you have something like, so that's your, you reckon that's your favorite? If I asked you what's your favorite food, what would you tell me? He is right there on many. Yeah. But mashed potato was definitely... There you go. It's at the top. I think, I think it's the difference between what she thinks her favourite food is and what I know her favourite food <laughs> yeah, is. <laughs> it's what like are you up for dinner? I'm, I'm fine cultured. with anything. I like 
other salad. things that aren't <laughs> mashed potato. You don't make friends with salad. Anyway, do. you do. <laughs> All right. Well, so anyway, sorry, I answered the next question. What's uh, <laughs> what's his so what's his favorite food? Does it begin with an S? <laughs> um, I'm a very simple person. Will likes lasagna. He's not giving you the like your correct nod. Well He's I giving mean, you the. Yeah. It's like there are foods that Will likes because he can make them, and then there are <laughs> foods that Will likes because he likes to eat, but like. The foods that you like because you like to eat are like wheat bix. I yeah. Wheat bix could not be someone's favorite food though. Surely. <laughs> Depends on what you define favorite <laughs> as. I'm super consistent with wheat bix. <laughs> I have a question for you. That's a segue. Have you had wheat bix with Vegemite on it? No. But what do you have Vegemite with? Well, cruskets oh. and cheese. Duh. Yeah. Wormies. <laughs> no wait, cruskets don't have wormies. Saladas. Yeah. yeah. Alright. So, what's your favorite food, Will? I go. I I probably say a steak. Oh yeah, a steak. Really, uh, like a pub. Like yep. a, like not like a nice fancy thing. Like rump, two fifty grams, two hundred grams. Like yeah. super well, well done. done. Katie knows the order. So <laughs> well done. There you go. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. so want a steak right that's, now. That's yeah, probably I want what a steak. I'd say favorite. Yeah right. Yeah. Or salads. I really. It's a really odd. Steak. What's a really odd fact that they should know about each other? Siobhan? Oh, um, put me on the spot. Um, something really really odd. I was going to do a food question, but you did that. Yeah, I did. Um, Talk about food. It's like the typical white white boy question to ask someone when you're getting to know. Yeah. Um. (laughs) (laughs) What cereal would you be? (laughs) (laughs) Those quizzes online. It's like, okay, what celebrity is most like you? (laughs) Um, I don't know actually. No. No. Okay, I have one. Okay. If Katie had a day off, like, what would her perfect day be? Not not the whole day, I guess, but you know, what would what would she do? Nothing, sleep. Absolutely. Uh, depends how hard worked <laughs> we are. Um, it'll either be a binge of rom coms or TV. Might be playing lol. Might be uh, if we're in particularly motivated, we might also go for a walk. But it'll be more the idea of going for a walk, <laughs> not the actual execution of it. Um, you put your leash on. You put your collar on. You get to the door, yeah, and then no, that. No, no, <laughs> I think I think that's about it. We don't do, you don't do anything. Yep. You stay at home. You hide from the world. That's that's and then vegetate. Still that with, yes, vegetate. Mm. Yep. Yeah, I like that. Is he right? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is this one of those what she thinks she nice needs? Well, it's, it's like, like yeah. I'm more cold. I wouldn't stay at home in my hovel. It's like I would. What are we doing tomorrow? <laughs> it's like the first day off in forever, and <laughs> we're staying <laughs> home in our hovel. We'll stay at home in our hovel. <laughs> are you the same? Yeah. 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 What do you think, Katie? I think you'd be the same. He would like put on his headphones. Oh, you're right. That would be a perfect And do day. music. <laughs> I would do music all day. And then he'd be like, Will, and he'd be like. You can't hear me. Maybe games. Maybe games. Games. Maybe music. Yeah, yeah. Depends. We got, we got multiplayer Skyrim working. Ooh. Yeah, we did. Oh, yeah. It was, uh, um, I forgot what they called Skyrim that. Skyrim Elders, Elders Online or something? Or? No, no, no. Oh, no, just no. normal actual, Skyrim. Actual Skyrim. Oh. Nice. It. Oh, it's yeah, of course they have. taken them years to do it. I was going to say, yeah, it's a mod. I watched watch this, um, this guy from Norway plays, uh, and he, he just has a pet walrus. <laughs> that, is that Elder Scrolls Online? Yeah, yeah. So his horse is a walrus, <laughs> and it, he rides it around everywhere. I love when they yeah, play games. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Online. And you play League of Legends. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've broken up with numerous women for playing League of Legends with them. They're just not fun duo partners for me. 
Wait, not, what is in them playing long? Yeah, them playing with me. That is, it's a bad time. Like I could never play with a partner. We made it way. work. I mean, yeah, I play support and I play ADC, so that see the same lane as well. Like, like that's yeah. hard, man. He was in my wedding vows. Oh, true. Katie put that in There was like. Two or three people who we play LOL with who are at the wedding. Mm. Who laughed like, and everyone else was like, like what is what? that? What's a LOL? What, what's a NAMI? I'm like, I'm like season one, master, <laughs> like season one Master Yi all the way. Oh. Before they Before. disabled these yeah. W. Yeah. I think I played Yi like once when I attempted to jungle and then I never did one in the yeah. I don't do MMOs of no. any kind. The only thing we do, far, we did Far Cry the full campaign together. Yeah, we did. Story, yeah, but that's cool. And we um, started playing Lego Star Wars together, but then we got pissed off because I'm it all about open world campaigns. Uh, I've yeah. been online. Check out Outward. That one's a good one. Yeah, if you want some, time. it's a bit hard. I'm all about multiplayer that will store both of your <laughs> things. Like if you want to be like, so I join a Lego game. <laughs> Sorry. I go back to my game. Oh, I've got to do it all again. Yes. Although you got all the credit for Far Cry. Yeah. It's just so like against zero. that. Outward does that. Yeah. It's very good. It's two, You're technically in two different places, but you then can join no, the same then, server. No, but then if I'm in my own Outward, I don't have the stuff from your world. But you have the stuff that's on you. That's true. You can take it. Do you have the yeah. experience and the levels, I guess? Yes. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, that's all right. You same don't character. have the story. You might yeah. have done the same oh, quests yeah. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. We had to, We did a couple of unlocks twice in a row, like both on our oh, account. Because you had to. And then we just yeah. went, this is stupid. Let's just pick one. So, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool though, games. Yeah. We could talk about games for hours. So this <laughs> like, is we actually really creative could. gaming yeah. podcast now. Well, on that, yeah. My brothers are looking at making a game for Screen Queensland's game grants that come out in March. True. So that's cool. Yeah, that's the other thing. I'm I'm just it would have some pretty amazing uh, music in there. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, music? Yeah, I hope so. Surprise. <laughs> Should do. They produce some wild stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm just excited for Goldeneye. Oh, yeah. Goldeneye Remastered coming out on Switch and PC and that PS5. That'd be pretty wild. Yeah. Talk to games, man. Games. I have not found anything good since Ghost of Tsushima. That was my happy time. Okay. That was like the epitome of like beautiful scenarios. You know, I don't know if you've played it, but, no, 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 but no. it's Japan back in the day. And, you cool. know, it's, I can't remember then. What's the name of the guy that did it? I'm a tonight. I haven't played. <laughs> um, I haven't played I this game. Guy who did it. You'll know his <laughs> name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right. Mr. Schnischner. It was Sucker Punch, which oh. is um, Umbayashi. Umbayashi. Oh. He's done a whole bunch of stuff, but um, it's so beautiful. Like it's kind of inspired by The Witcher, where the trees change is closer to water. But you're running through Japan with as a samurai and you're going through a lot of the feudal things that they de they dealt with cool. and you're cool. leveling up as a samurai you work with the farmers like the straw hat farmers it's uh yeah that sounds very it's cool. a really good mm. game <laughs> yeah. uh -huh. and that's what you're doing tomorrow. that's what she enjoys no, I, 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 <laughs> she I finished spent that four mm. months playing it like solidly playing <laughs> it i took Three weeks annual leave for The Witcher to finish <laughs> The Witcher. That's but dedication. That is dedication. <laughs> but this game is, you can binge it. And I was like, I'm going to take my time yeah. and watch nice. the journey. And yeah. I don't get why people don't like video games. Like you've got those people who are strong against, no, you're not spending time playing video games. You're not doing it. Well, like Will is so good at knowing which way is north, no matter where we are. <laughs> From Morrowind, from Morrowind, because in Morrowind, if anyone's played the third Elder Scrolls game, you get like a job and it's like, go to this tree and then turn north and then get to this rock and follow the river. Like you don't get a HUD and there's no map showing you where Yeah, right. But like, like sometimes school. we'll just go on like driving adventures when we want to have like a big old <laughs> chat about something. And I'll just like turn and I was like, oh, you know, the ocean is that way. And was like, 
No. No, it's that way. Fool. Yeah. So you want to get lost with him in a forest is what you're saying. Yeah. Always going to help you out. Okay. I think people don't like games as much because the generation who had them before us didn't have the stories. It was very much mechanics-based gameplay. Mm. Now you've got like The Last of Us, even Spider-Man, like mm. all these games that the stories are just... The mechanics so are detailed. But the stories are just like, wow. Uh, Hades well, won freaking... Uh, a BAFTA or something for their mm. story and their writing. <laughs> yeah. It's like video games are climbing up there, but yeah. I think people who haven't touched them before, like you have to find the Skeptical. right Skeptical. Yeah. You have to find yeah, the yeah. right game. It's very much but like- there's also that large really community it. of like the aggressive community about psychology and mm. the concept of psychology and violence with games. It's like yeah, it's any right. anything in life creates that yeah. scenario. Gaming may be one of them, but it depends on what you play. I think Skyrim was one of the first ones to do- the detailed, like the long detailed storyline with hundreds and hundreds of uh, side quests. Mm. I think Skyrim was easily one of the first ones yeah. to go and that wide. Elder Scrolls have been doing that with like Oblivion. And that was the first big popular one that everyone mm. knows. Because um, even their like their first ones with Daggerfall. Now you've got me talking about games. The first open world game was Jet Rocket. Oh, yeah. That's open world. Yeah, right. doesn't, open no, world doesn't necessarily mean the high detail with no, plots No, I was just things, curious that, that about is open interesting. world. That is interesting. And then they went too big because they brought out No Man's Sky, who's like, yeah. all right, now we've gone too is big. Is where it was like multiplayer, but it wasn't? Is You'll never see anyone ever. Yeah, great. You may but see a planet. you can never do the full depths of the game yeah, but you, in your the, lifetime. Then the first day, two streamers found each other yeah. on the same spot and they found out that it wasn't multiplayer and they had this giant thing. And now they always come back. And it got very trashed as far as like glitches. You can name planets. Three, four years ago. You could see like someone else name a planet, too. but you could never, you never see anyone ever. Huh. No. The same yeah. thing happened with Cyberpunk. It's such a huge concept. Yeah, and that's right. Ben it had trees in his windshield, yeah. just bugging. Yeah, it. my whole city had palm trees, <laughs> just all over the top of buildings, just random palm trees everywhere. <laughs> You'd get in the train, there's a palm tree there, like. <laughs> How creative! But that's like, like the stories are probably great, but they failed the execution just from like the yeah. basics of they rushed minimize it. glitches. They rushed <laughs> to get it out. Got pushed and then pushed and yeah, pushed. It's and yeah, it's like when marketing got to get it like done. So I, hyped do you remember uh, Watch Dogs? Yeah, I saw yeah. a trailer for that like two years before it came out. I was like, "This looks amazing!" and got super hyped, and then it just never happened. <laughs> I was like, mm. "I mean, it did happen, but I never played it because it was after the hype." So that's me yeah. for the you next Harry Legacy. Potter game. Legacy? Oh, Legacy! Yeah, I think did we'll you all watch be playing the trailer? that. Like the eight I minutes so. gameplay. Yeah, I think so. I I've been I Ben got me a PS5 for my birthday for that game. Yeah, and it was supposed to come out what in July, then yeah. October, and now it's next year. So. Just so I'm gonna return the PS5. Just appreciate this on right. the. I just return oh. the return the PS5 and get it again when I Harry saw the Potter Harry comes Potter out. note and I was going to talk to you about it because you know it's another it's bring us Harry back. Siobhan was obsessed as well. Listens to Harry Potter religiously. Yeah, oh, we don't we don't need to go through the quiz for oh, it though. Anyways. We're aware um, that you know the we're quiz just already. Segwaying. What would you like to do for the audition segment, Benjamin? I think they've already prepared something. You were talk- so what were you talking? <laughs> what were you talking about in the car oh on the way God. here? So, 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 so we we had to listen to a couple of the, the, the episodes on the way. She's like, "Oh, what's the feel? What's the vibe?" I'm like, oh, I haven't met Ben. What what do they do? And then we noticed this audition at the end, and the two that we happened to see with people singing things. It happens a lot. Yeah. So yeah. because you must get people who can sing, and we're like, "No, no, no, we won't do that. We will prepare. <laughs> no, no. Oh, we will prepare a." Uh, this um, this morning, uh, part of the reason we were late is because I was like, no, no, I want I want to make this. I want to make this jingle ringtone thing. Like no, 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 it's, it's like recorded. It's produced. And produced. Oh, what? It's, oh. It's, it's, I got I like oh. I was kind of dressed and I came out into the living room and Will was like, you know, with his headphones, like, he's like, hey, what you doing? We gotta go. He's like, no, I'm making 
I'm making a thing. A whom, a whom jingle. And then it was like time to leave. He's like, Katie, come, come sing this. You got to get across some hum- <laughs> this over the top. So I've done that. I don't know how you want to play it. I can mm. send you it Let's properly, and you can uh, then. Is that accurate? Kinda, it's very distorted, but that might just yeah. be the way I did the limit Maybe on the way Maybe that out. it will just add it in. I can send it to you. I can yeah, send yeah. it to you. We'll fi- I'll clean it up and, and fix it, but that's, that's our audition. <laughs> 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 like, we're not doing it on the spot. We're, we're prepared. Exactly. That's that's exactly what we've done. Well, we can't let you get off that easy then. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. The production we, We're applying for the job. We're not auditioning. This is, <laughs> we want to be your sound designers, and <laughs> here okay. is part of our... No, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you've got a song for us. Um, now, it hasn't been released yet. No. What's the What's the title of the song? This is meant for you. Uh, I've been working with... For me? It's meant you, <laughs> you. Um, working with actor, singer, songwriter, teacher, awesome human, uh, Maya Lawton on an album. And this is the first single that we've got. Um, All right. Yeah. This is meant for you. We'll play it now.
Great song. Amazing song. Thanks. So how long did that take you to produce and, and write? It was written in November last year and it's now produced and mixed and mastered and ready to go out nearly at November this year. <laughs> um, which kind of brings back to the whole like doing stuff for the first time just takes a long time. And it's like, oh, the rest of this will be so much easier now. I know how to do these things properly. So... You, so you wrote the music? You wrote, wrote the music, couple, uh, produced it. So my brother, Mitch Toft, and Hamish McDonald, who uh, is a family friend of ours who plays guitar, they co-produced as well, so they helped on the track. Um, yeah. But basically I had the demo that we'd recorded, which was really just like a piano in the background, which you can't hear anymore, um, and Maya singing, and then 12 hours with them in the studio, putting in drums, putting the guitars in, playing sax, yeah, yeah. playing some synths and everything else. And they got a drummer in, who Maya knows, um, Lockie Dormer, to play over those drums and make them given the crash and everything else as well so yeah yeah super cool super new thing to do but this is like that was probably will be the first time that you it's out welcome world yeah welcome world welcome if not world. check the spotify it probably isn't there yet <laughs> <laughs> so i guess how can people hear this song then uh triple j unearthed will be triple j unearthed yeah that's oh yeah that's where we'll throw things too but then also um probably a soundcloud as well yeah, it, it will be on Spotify. Yeah. Spotify is where we'll end up. But yeah. Is it hard to sort of become an artist on Spotify? Because I know it's easy to put a podcast on there. You just click. Nah, same thing. Yeah? You just you you typically go through a distributor. I don't know if podcasts are the same. Like distribute. Yeah, there's an RSS feed. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. there's something like that that you'll pay like either a monthly subscription or just like a yearly thing. Yeah. yeah. Up there. But that's that's it. It's that's not it. it's not that not that hectic. I guess finally, what advice would you have to people out there who are aspiring to become like you guys to to be in several hundreds of shows and and make it in the world. <laughs> <Maybe? laughs> don't. Uh, Everyone says that. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's such a uh, yeah. Okay. What about this? The voice in your head that never leaves for creative pursuit. What would you say to that voice? Oh, do it. <laughs> <laughs> there's an interview where like years ago it was it was some promo like this it was someone's like what do you people say about like how what do you encourage people to do for theater i was like do it and now i'm six years seven years later it's like don't do it don't do it <laughs> if you don't want to do it don't do it um no be creative about your pathway yeah i yeah. know what you want to do i think that's the big thing and then <laughs> learn about the commercial space if you want to if you want to do it for money what that looks like because mm. it's very different for doing it purely for the artistic side you mm. need something else to support and that. there's a hundred different ways you can go about it and yeah, no way is wrong and no way is right and work with all the teachers that you can yeah thanks for listening in head over to our facebook or instagram at whom podcast for highlights and more see you all next week with another amazing guest